0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast radio show coming to you on this Friday, June the 10th, 2022. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we have Carmen Oling in the house today. But before I jump in and harass her, just a quick reminder um, the Jeremy Scott Fitness app is live right now if you guys want to check it out we've been loading everything into there so actually we have a new uh, hybrid high intensity program that is kicking off here I believe Sunday night we'll drop it it'll be live for you guys on the looks like the 13th again if you want to check it out the first month is a buck yeah it's just a dollar pretty sick deal Jeremy Scott Fitness app you guys can pick up everything my weekly workouts are in there if you want to go through that misery. But again, we kind of break down everything inside of there. And we have nutrition tabs, mobility, upper body, lower body, you name it. We have a ton of stuff coming down the pipe in there. But if you want to work with us, it is not only the most economical way to do it, but the most accessible. We've put a lot of time, effort, and energy into this thing. I think you guys will dig it. And again, for a dollar, you know, how wrong can you really be? So if you guys want to check it out, Jeremy's got Fitness. app. that bad boy is live. There's already a ton of programs in there. It doesn't matter if you're at home, you train in the gym, if you travel, we got you guys covered. But we are dropping a new one then. And we also, I don't know if I can say this yet, we do have a transformation like challenge we're gonna drop in there like right after the 4th of July. We're giving away some pretty sick prizes for that where we would actually fly you guys out here if you win it. And the program is disgustingly awesome, if that is a way to describe it. So just throwing that out there. Again, if you guys want to check it out, jeremyscottfinance.app. you got any questions, hit us up, and I'm happy to answer. And then real quick, you guys already know this episode is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. It's the one thing I take every single day and I never miss, especially now that I'm back to traveling semi-normal here. If you guys have never checked it out, athletic greens really is a way to kind of supplement the gaps in your nutrition. So if you eat relatively well, but you're not getting all the micronutrients in, this is a nice thing to kind of cover the bases you're missing when you eat real food, you can't just eat like garbage, and then obviously take this and it's not going to work miracles. However, if you're trying to be better, but you can't eat, let's say, five to six servings of greens a day, this would be the thing I would take into your life. So if you don't want to take 14 different pills, And a crappy multivitamin, this is what I would throw in. There's probiotics in here, digestive enzymes, and a ton of other awesome stuff. That's why I take it with me everywhere I go. Best tasting greens on the planet, hands down. If you want to check it out, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. Right now, we'll give you a year's supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. If you're on the fence, maybe this is the first episode you've listened to or the almost 500th episode you've heard me ramble on about Athletic Greens since they've sponsored literally every episode. We will send you a free travel pack right to your front door. I don't care what state, country, Providence you live in. We will get you a pack. You can try it. You can trust me that it's not the worst tasting thing in the world. In terms of greens, it's the best. Is it a milkshake? No, but it's the next best thing in terms of greens you can get. So we'll send you a pack. Try it. See if you dig it. If you do, we'll give you all the free stuff. Otherwise, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. You guys can get hooked up today. Always a mouthful. So, Carmen hello
1: welcome to the podcast
0: um so for these guys who they don't know anything about you they haven't stalked you on social media yet what what's the origin story you can go back as far as you want who are you how did we get here and we'll just kind of unpack it from there
1: sounds great let's see i grew up in oregon a town about an hour south of portland my husband and i we raised our family there And I did the corporate route. So put myself through college. We had a family young. Our kids are. We have a son that's 25 and a daughter that's 20 now. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, One lives in Texas, one lives in Oregon still. So we raised our family there, had a corporate career, did that for 15 years. And one day I was sitting in front of my office and just had a little mini breakdown and like, what the hell's wrong with me? Why am I crying? I was always the one, the stable one, the fine one, the one going after all my goals and dreams. And I had this great successful career, came home, told my husband Joel about it, and he goes, well, what's wrong? I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out. And what I figured out was I was living a life based on someone else's expectations, not a life that felt good to me, a life that looked good on the outside. So I set off to do what I always wanted to do, and that was help people with nutrition. So I became a holistic nutritionist. Wanted to test that out, test out the waters a little bit. Walked into a a local gym that had like five locations, not knowing anybody, said, hey, I'm Carmen. I want to be the nutritionist here. And hey, guess what? It worked. So I did that for a little stint. Hey, I was good at working with people. I already knew that from my corporate leadership position. But I didn't like delivering the same nutrition program to everybody. So uh, that gave me the little boost of confidence that I needed to go out on my own. And back then, this was uh, almost 10 years ago now. Uh, back then, I was thinking I was gonna be a, a personal trainer, but now I leave that to you. And I realized that people need help with mindset a little bit more than um, only moving their bodies. And so now I have developed a holistic life coaching practice, and I work with high achieving women in a one on one capacity. I have retreats. My next retreat's coming up in October in Tulum. And I do workshops. So I'm here with you in Arizona because I just took my podcast live and held a live podcast recording all about well-being hacks for women. So I'm all about bringing women together in community and allowing them to see there's a different way to live, a different way to be, and designing a life that they dream of.
0: So like when you're doing your corporate job, like what what did you do for, I mean, I'm sure the levels change over 15 years, but mm-hmm. like, what, uh, what did you do?
1: Yeah, what did I do? So I worked for J.P. Morgan for 16 years. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah, yeah. And my last position was I was at the number two uh, profit revenue center in Oregon, and I led the branch there, but I was also a mentor to my peers. I helped hire and train all my peers and kind of like a right-hand man to the, the regional people. And it was, it was a great job. Um, I loved coaching my teams. I loved seeing them being successful in their careers, so I've always been a coach. But it just, it wasn't fulfilling for me anymore.
0: And like, you just, was it like a gradual thing, I'm sure, over time, or was just one day you're just like, fuck it, dude, this is not, this isn't the thing anymore?
1: Yeah, it was a little gradual over time. I thought by um, changing the office locations and getting a new challenge was going to be the thing that I needed, but realistically, it wasn't. It was actually a complete change because I wanted to do something different with myself, with my life, in that job, primarily, I wore a black suit every day, I operated in my masculine energy every day, which just means it was like forcing, controlling, powerful and not a lot in my feminine energy, that creativity, that softness. um, And that was something that I was lacking. And so I wasn't having a lot of congruency in my life. So at work, I was one person and at home I was a different person. After I left, it's it's kind of funny, uh, one of the women that I became friends with that I mentored, she told me, you know, they would call you Cruella DeVille.
0: <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I mean, I guess in that setting, it's like a good thing, I suppose, but that's kind of fucked up, like in another one.
1: Yeah. So that was always the teams that didn't work primarily under me, the ones that I would come in like temporarily, and I would implement my style of uh coaching and leadership which was super high expectations but the staff that worked under me they loved working under me and they really thrived i remember one time i was uh i was managing out an employee that just it wasn't a right fit for him and he sat in my office and he cried and he said i know where this is going but i just have to tell you that you've been the best leader that i've ever worked for as i'm in the process of like managing him out I like thought, firing him. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. How much does
0: that suck, though, when you have to fire somebody?
1: Yeah, it it was real challenging. I um I often didn't have to fire people, so he and eventually found a different position and he was able to transfer something that fit his skill set a little bit better. I only had to actually fire one person, and that person just had just blatant like she would ask for a day off and I I would not grant it to her for whatever reason and she'd be like okay I'll just use my FMLA for that then do you know what I mean by that Family medical leave act yeah Yeah. that's fucked up like that's not how this works (laughs) no
0: that's gnarly dude that's uh the corporate world's a different I mean it's been so long like and I had a a short stint in the world it's just not my personality type like for me my wife does it still to this Mm -hmm. day and uh there's so many rules and things that The term I I say to her is I go, make it make sense to me Mm. because I can't like where it's even, you know, like dress codes in workplaces, right? Like Mm -hmm. we need to wear this. And I never understood that. And maybe because I'm not that smart, but like, why do I have to wear this here? I'm no smarter if I wear a suit or I wear joggers. And I understand like this fake professionalism, but even people on like casual days, well, you can wear dark jeans, but not light jeans. I'm like, well, what fucking shade does it matter? Like, how does that affect what I'm doing every day? Like, I never could connect the dots on that.
1: Mm, I think that primarily goes back to, like, building the brand. And so when you walk into one Chase Bank or maybe a private bank or a financial yeah. center, like, it looks and feels the same. And just like McDonald's, you go and you get the same hamburger. Starbucks, what? yeah. You know, Starbucks or, yeah. W- or whatever. Yeah, it's going to be the same each and every, every one that you go to.
0: It just seems miserable, like in controlling in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, I didn't wear a black suit. I got I donated most of my black suits. I saved a couple cuz I, I use them for like this keynote that I do where I take the suit off on stage.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> See, and that makes more sense to me. So like when you're like what age are you? Or I guess from the OS's oh, first. Like the day that you decide like this isn't my jam anymore you don't quit that day. Like how long is from that day to actually you bounce? Like how far is that? Yeah.
1: So it was February is when that happened that day in the car was like, Oh, I got to figure this out. And I was applying and applying and applying for jobs. And what I was realizing was, because I wanted a part-time job while I was transitioning, what I was realizing, I was overqualified. And so I wasn't going to be able to find anything. I was getting pretty frustrated. Um, but after I figured it out, got that nutritionist gig just to move forward and start taking action. It took, um, it took like three months, but I did give a month's notice. Okay. Because it was a, a pretty big surprise to everyone because i was on the path to continue to move up in corporate leadership
0: yeah you're just playing the game Mm -hmm. like everybody does correct correct and how can i ask how old are you at the time 32 and you have your have kids then
1: Mm -hmm. right you have both Mm -hmm.
0: kids Mm -hmm. you're going to quit this job which typically if you're working at jp you're upper level Mm -hmm. like you're making real money Mm -hmm. your husband's working Mm -hmm. yeah i i just asked because like People will ask you all the time, like, hey, man, I hate my job. What do you think? And I'm like, well, just fucking quit, dude. Mm -hmm. And it's easy for me to say because, like, I am in a different financial place. But if you aren't and you have a bunch of kids and you don't have any money and you hate what you're doing, I'm like, it's not as easy as just, like, well, I'm just going to bounce. And, like, do what I love, even if what I love makes $3 for three years. Like, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, we live in an economical world. It's a tough thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you run into that, like, with the stuff you do. Like, is there advice for people? Because people are listening, I'm sure, who, like, are living your black suit life today. Mm -hmm. And they're like, this sucks, but the world is the most expensive it's ever been. How do I like navigate out of this In, Mm -hmm. in not a stupid way?
1: Yeah. Things we had going for us is we didn't have any credit card debt. The only debt that we had was our mortgage and we had already saved in retirement. So we felt a little bit safe that way. Our son had just gotten a full ride scholarship to Northwestern. So he had his college. Makes ed- life easier. Yeah, yeah. He had his college education paid for. And it was like making a commitment that I was going to leave my job because I actually earned more than my husband did. He worked for the state. He worked. He had a good career as well. Um, but that we were going to live simply. You yeah. You know, we weren't going to have as many vacations, go go out as much. I think that's the the first thing you have to th- realize that there's going to be a trade off. So what are you re- willing to trade off on? For me, I'm willing to trade off on things like buying new clothes all the time, things like that.
0: Yeah. Um, to be happier.
1: To, to be happier. What a
0: weird idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, even now, so we, uh, uh, to, fin- to go back to my story a little bit, after our kids moved out of the house, we decided to sell our house that we lived in for 15 years. We sold all of our stuff or donated it, and we moved to Colorado Springs. So we lived there for two years, and we moved in with just all we had was a bed. Oh, maybe we didn't have a bed at that point. We had kitchen stuff. Yeah,
0: <laughs> the important shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, we had kitchen stuff because we got to cook. You in, know, in
0: Wyoming, Colorado, from Oregon.
1: So, have you been to Oregon?
0: Yeah, a million times. Okay. My wife is from Washington State. Oh,
1: that's right. I think you told me that. Yeah, so um, we fly
0: into Portland all the time. Okay, it's not my favorite.
1: No, it's gray skies.
0: It's depressing and as rain. Well.
1: hmm And so we wanted sunshine. I said, let's go to Arizona.
0: I, I'll maybe phrase because she's my life My wife's gonna listen to this and she's gonna smoke me <laughs> if it's. Bend, Oregon, I could do. Love it. Yeah. yeah Bend like,
1: is like Colorado Springs.
0: Okay. So you fly into Redmond, which is like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is it like I don't even, it's not even like a real airport. I mean, it is, but they're like, your rental car's out there. Just hit the alarm and you mm-hmm. grab it. There's no security person. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. It's a joke. It's amazing. I love it. I, if I wish every port was like that. And then like we've stayed in Bend or Redmond a million times that I can do. It's sunny. It's too cold for me because I'm soft. I live here. It's 110 and that's what I do. I go, but that's awesome. What you're saying is like the other side of the state.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: It's not sunny.
1: No, it's gray skies all the time. So we wanted more sunshine and Springs, Colorado Springs has over 300 days of sunshine. No per shit. Year. Yeah, yeah. It's great. So even in the winter, when it snows, then they're great at clearing the roads and then it's sunny again. The only time I couldn't go outside for a walk was negative 10 right before we moved because we have now lived in Miami Beach for a year and a half. We did the exact same thing. Okay. Moved to Miami Beach. Yeah. 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 So now we're trading some of those things, some of those material things that I talked about for our cost of living is higher in, Mi- in Miami. Because
0: you live in like what, like Miami proper, like Dade? Like... Uh,
1: we live in South Beach.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah yeah so i mean what's a what's a one one in south beach these days like 550k for a one bedroom one bath probably maybe more
1: uh yeah yeah isn't it fucking stupid right it's crazy that's insane dude yeah now it's not the now it's not the time to buy so we lease yeah
0: yeah that's nuts man but it's again like if anybody's ever been like south beach is its own thing Mm -hmm. like it's Mm -hmm. just different Mm -hmm. it's a different
1: i call it my bliss bubble yeah so there's the party scene or there's like where we live we don't drive, which is great because gas prices are high. We walk or ride our bike everywhere. My husband's a massage therapist now. So instead of working his corporate job, corporate correction. Oh, so he, he bounced too? He did, yeah. How long, like, yeah.
0: but how long he stuck it out way longer than you, though, right?
1: Not very much longer, only a really? couple of years. He had always wanted to do that, but he wanted to provide that stability. He didn't have that growing up. He grew up in Stockton poor neighborhood, you know, didn't have a lot. So he wanted to make sure and provide that st- with that stable job with the kids kind of mindset. Yeah. And so once the kids were gone, then he's like I'm going to do my thing.
0: That's crazy that you both did it too. Mhm. But again, like if you didn't imagine like in a scenario where like maybe you did things differently earlier on, like where maybe you bought a house that was like the mortgage payment was like double and you had, you know, car loans and you had a bunch of credit card debt and shit does that make that decision like way harder Mm -hmm. because it's like well how do we now how do we do it we feel like we've bought ourselves into a lifestyle that it's hard to get out of unless we're willing to sell all our shit which Mm -hmm. a lot of people in my experience and this is just me I'm not judging anybody if you're happy then you don't have to listen to this but if you're not though you sometimes buy into this life where if you just had like not as fancy of shit or less stuff, you could have way more happiness and way more freedom. And I know that sounds counterintuitive because like we're, we live in this system where it's like, well, if we just, I get this house and this house and this car and in that game, first of all, never ends. But if you have less of that, sometimes you'd have actually way more. In reality
1: hmm yeah we're trained that we need to buy more and more and more for happiness and and that's really not what it is a lot of people ask us how how were we able to do that and it just creates such a sense of freedom in our life we're not tied to any one thing now how we made it to Miami Beach we were supposed to go to Tulum for my birthday my passport renewal didn't come back during COVID, and I just googled warmest beach and in, in the United States we went there for my 40th birthday And I was sitting on the couch at home back in Colorado Springs and my husband looked at me. I said, he said, I think that's your beach because I'd been manifesting like I want to wake up more days than not by the beach. I I didn't know what the heck that meant. Yeah. Um, And I just looked at him. I said, I loved it. He's like me, too. And our lease was up in Springs in the next month and we just decided to move. But we have the freedom to do that because we're not tied to things or people or letting go of those attachments was the best thing that we could ever done. It's him and I were devoted to each other and we're just trying things out, getting curious and seeing how we can like serve and help other people.
0: And your kids are old enough to where like they do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is helpful too. Uh-huh. Cause if they were young, it'd be, A bigger pain in the ass but
1: what a great opportunity and I I always think of this like what a great opportunity to look at raising kids and schooling our kids in a different way through experiences so if someone had younger kids that was school aged and they wanted to do something like this why not and why not like expand your kids minds and horizons right now instead of just staying in the same city where that's all that their mindset is about why not expand it and so they can see what's possible you're going to give them so much more for their life.
0: Agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I think would suck if I'm like, if I'm a kid, I'm like, if I have my friend group mm-hmm. and I liked them and I know when you're a kid, it's like, these are my friends forever. And then you grow up and like, you probably talk to two of those people, maybe if anything. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do agree with the experience thing though. Cause I think what we do a disservice to kids, we sit them down in the chair and we say, sit here and learn this shit. Mm-hmm. And most of it's worthless shit mm-hmm. in my opinion. And you have real, no real life experience whatsoever. Mm -hmm. so it's kind of funky way to think about it
1: well you would ask me like what if you made these changes earlier and one of the reasons i didn't make these changes earlier because my mind wasn't expanded i hadn't had the opportunity to see what else was available to me and be in those environments it wasn't until i started putting myself in environments going to events being in rooms joining masterminds seeing what really what was out there starting by reading books listening to podcasts and just kind of working my way up to expand my mind to be like wow there's so much more and that you know like when people say like infinite possibilities. Abundance is available to you. A lot of people are like, I don't really understand what that means until you can experience it.
0: Well, and I, so I had this conversation the other day with a guy who was here. We were talking about the internet and the good, the bad, and the ugly of it. And I'm like, I will never bag on it because it's allowed me opportunities to meet a million people, you and, right. you know, eight million other people. But I think about it if it was 40 years ago, or even for me as a kid, I never saw anybody doing the shit I'm doing today. It wasn't a thing, mm-hmm. and if it was, I couldn't see it, so I didn't have a belief system in like, well, I can, you know, be wealthy one day, I can be free one day, I can be my own boss one day, because I never met anybody who was their own boss, I never met anybody who wore a baseball cap and, you know, fucking work out close to work every day, you know, like, I just never saw it, but then all of a sudden, you get older, and like you said, you can get into, whether it is, a like, an event or a mastermind group, and you're seeing people who are similar to you, doing the shit you want to do, and you're like, well, For me, it was just seeing somebody else do it. I'm like, well, if Mm -hmm. if they can do it, shit. I'm like, they can't be that much smarter than me. And even if they are, I can probably work harder and I can do it too, Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. So how do you get into from all that? Like, so you move, you start the, you know, I'm going to go into the kind of nutrition field and kind of the fitness field. And then like, I'm going to expand it. Because at the end of the day, to me, it's all the same stuff, right? Like we all do similar things. and. What, what do we teach your fitness but it's not just fitness like it's it's deeper than that and you know it's the amount of time we have with each person and like how can we get them to just basically be healthier happier and have the best life possible it's, it's kind of what right. we try to do now for us fitness happens to be the it's the magnet that draws them in and we can sell them on that. It's a sizzling steak right mm-hmm. like we can share the bullshit whether people come in here because they see some stupid video of me shirtless or not who knows i go but if that's how it draws them in And we can give them, I guess, what they want, but also like we can feed them what they need once Mm -hmm. they're in here. So as you're going through your journey, how do you niche down to, I'm going to work with just women and like, not dudes. I mean, I know dudes are stupid, so I get that. I go, but in general, like, how do you just go, this is who I want to work with. This is who I want to help most. This is, you know, who I resonate with most. Like, how does that process work?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, 100% because that was me i wish i could have found me back then earlier when i was quote unquote doing all the things when i was doing a a, my morning routine you know which was really more like a checklist back then it wasn't really what i do today and i was exercising and eating good and and you know working hard and being successful and being the best mom and the best wife and doing all doing all the things but yet i was still feeling unfulfilled and thinking about it now, it's just there was just no congruency in my life. It was like I was leading, you know, two different lives and I didn't even really know what I wanted. And so in thinking of that, it's like these women, I can relate to them so much because that was me. You lived it. I lived it.
0: And when you're in that world that a lot of these women in your meet, you have no group to talk to. Right. Nobody. Right. So like what when you're like in your corporate life and you're kind of living this kind of split reality or whatever you like, you know, it's, but I think everybody does that. Right. I mean, most people in the corporate world, like you have this, you're this person and then you're this person. And I don't, I've I don't live that. Like what you see is what you get mm-hmm. all the fucking time. And I'm free in a way. Most people are not. And I feel bad. Cause like, I don't want to not swear or not do, cause of this is, it's just who I am. It feels like it's work then. And I don't want to do work. So you don't have a group to talk to it all. Do you talk to your friends at that point or like, no, because they're living the same life you are and it's just not a thing yet.
1: Yeah. So the challenge was I was always the one doing the thing first, getting being healthy first, doing whatever fitness competitions, being really super successful in my career. So everyone in my friends circle was really looking to me to do it. I remember. One thing that this thing this just sticks out in my mind. Looking to make changes in my life, I wasn't drinking alcohol. It's just a normal thing. Just sometimes I I don't drink alcohol. Like I don't. It's not every day I'm going to happy hour, right?
0: Yeah, but except in that now is like you're super weird if you don't do that. Right. That's the fucked up part. Yeah, right, right. We
1: could go down a whole rabbit hole on the alcohol thing. (laughs) But (laughs) I remember this one time, a friend, a quote unquote friend that I had, we were, I was at the, at the bar with them. We were, we were out to eat or whatever. Everybody was drinking. And she looked at me, she's like, when's fun Carmen going to come back? And I was like, wow. Okay, well, I'm going this way. And so that's when I had to start surrounding myself with different people. That's when I had to start getting in rooms. I would, I would set a goal to go to two events every year. By myself,
0: like personal development, personal
1: development events and make connections like actual intentional deep connections that I have to this day with at least two people, because I knew that I couldn't do it by myself, that I I needed some help. I needed some like inspiration, something to keep me going, because there are always, always times when we're not going to believe in ourselves. And we need someone to help stand up for us and believe in us and like, you know, kick us back into gear and get us going again. We all need that sometimes.
0: And to go back to your friend who said you suck when you don't drink booze. Mm -hmm. Are you like that much different when you drink or not really? You know what I'm saying? Like people will always be like, well, for me now, it's like it doesn't matter because I've been in this life so long. Like people just know what you're getting. Mm -hmm. But there was a different version of me a million years ago. Where, like, oh, you're not going to come out and be fun. I'm like, well, is me drinking 20 beers, peeing my pants, like, headbutting a wall, like, really fun? Mm-hmm. Like, is that really what the fuck? we want a fucking gorilla on the loose? Like, that's, like, <laughs> well, that's, well, that's what you have. Like, it was never, like, I liked it for what it was at that time of my life. And then wake up the next day, like, being like, dude, like, you fucking suck. Like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And it's weird that around alcohol, we do that. But I think it's more on the person saying it than probably you, Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the only thing, and I don't understand it. It's so arbitrary. Like, everything we do is arbitrary, in my opinion. Like, hey, let's get together for coffee. That'd be no different than getting together for oatmeal. We just picked coffee as the thing. Yet, we'll force people to, like, drink with us. And if they don't, they're not fun, or we're not enjoying ourselves as much. Yet, there's nothing else where I wouldn't force you to come, like, ride an assault bike with me. Like, that sounds fucking dumb, right? Well, it's the same thing, like, if I don't want to come take, you know, tequila shots with you, why am I not fun and why is that like not acceptable? Mm -hmm. We socially like get people to do it with us. And I don't know why we do that.
1: Mm, I I just think it goes back to not being comfortable or confident, not knowing what we want and, and who we truly are. It like the old saying, like liquid courage. Yeah. You know, you get a few drinks in and you start feeling good, you know, no more, you know, you're not going to let go of some responsibilities and, and, and you loosen up for in the moment. It just like numbs you out of being, who you really are, what you need to face in in, in that very moment. I just uh, came from, a, I joined a business mastermind this year, and I just came from that right, like from Flagstaff to here. Yeah. And there's, I think, th- two or three other people, including myself, that were not drinking. And it was almost like a norm. Yeah. So it was really fun to see that, actually.
0: And you, got, you just chose not to because you're like, I just don't need to do it anymore. I don't want to. Like, is it forever or just mm-hmm. like this season of life?
1: Just for right now, where yeah. I am at. I find personally for myself that I'm so much more aligned and clear with what I'm doing. I can be so much more creative when I'm not drinking. And it's like, even if I have a couple of drinks the next day, I find that that old self that kind of picks me apart a little bit, like I'm so much more critical, judgmental, less creative, less motivated, have less energy. And that's not even over drinking. That's just having, having a little bit. So I find that I try to keep it to times when I don't have any responsibilities if I'm choosing that. Yeah. And it's like a fun experience. Like to me, like a good bloody Mary experience. That's my jam right there. Yeah.
0: Well, it's weird you say that? Cause like, obviously it's, it's a depressant by nature. Mm-hmm. So it's weird how people, I guess, don't stop to audit. Like, how do you really feel? Mm-hmm. Like, is this really serving you? And I'm not saying you can't go out and get fucked up with your friends. Like obviously have a good time if that's what you want to do. But when you look at the volume at which we now drink alcohol, I think it's probably eclipsed the highest it's ever been. And it's become so normal when somebody doesn't, you're like, oh, like you just must have a problem. So like, well, let it. you know, what I'm saying like it has to be extremes. Mm-hmm. They can't just be like, you don't want to drink today. I'm like, no, I'm good, dude. Like, I don't want to, to me. It's not wanting to give away the next day and yeah, feel like correct. shit. I hate feeling like shit. Like that's the, the mm-hmm. one thing I do chase. Mm-hmm. Which if, is odd.
1: yeah. If someone wants more on that, I just did a a, a thirty day sober experiment in my community that I have. But the book that we followed is called The Alcohol Experiment. You can just get it on Amazon. I can, I can share the link with you or whatever. Yeah. But it's just a, a short read every single day for 30 days. And it's just getting curious around it. It's not saying you're never going to drink again. It's not not drinking during the 30 days. And it really goes. It talks about society norms. It talks about psychology and all of it. And it really opens your eyes to like, wow, I didn't realize how much this was affecting me because after every day you do a little bit of journaling and kind of ask yourself some of those tough questions that we that we often ignore so I'd highly highly recommend that
0: and like when you're doing it is it hard to do or no no easy
1: it's easy don't
0: even miss it yeah so does your husband drink not drink with you or does he drink and you just don't
1: correct he drinks and I just don't
0: and that's cool for you Mm -hmm. because there's some people where that's like their thing like they're I guess I'll put it this way they're easily sold like I'm not going to drink for 30 days husband cracks open the wine they're like Well, fuck it. I'll start tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it's this environmental thing or the social aspect, I guess, gets a lot of people. Right. Because it's like, hey, let's meet for happy hour. And you can change that and let's meet for coffee or whatever the thing is. But a lot of people have a hard time because they're not just their world, our whole world now when I look at it revolves around food and drink, Mm -hmm. essentially, Mm -hmm. which if you're trying to be super healthy or you have these like whether you want to call them health goals or fitness goals. That kind of fucks with you if mm-hmm. you don't have a level of discipline that clearly very few people have in America, mm-hmm. which is tough.
1: Yeah. I, I was just talking to um, one of the ladies at, at my mastermind about this, and she was telling me that she wants to lose weight. So I was like, oh, great. So I was really digging into like why, how would you feel, how would that impact you? And what I like to think about is you have to get so far down to why you want to do it and really understand that and feel it so deeply, like how is that going to make you maybe a better mom or a better dad, a better you know, a better wife? How is that going to make you a better person? How is that going to help your business? And really think about how those are affecting you in all of those areas. Because if you're just like, oh, I'm going to stop drinking, and you don't understand like how that's going to affect your life, how that's going to benefit your life, then it's just going to be like starting it on Monday type of deal over and over again
0: because well, whatever your initial enjoyment is greater than whatever the reason is for you not to do it
1: mm-hmm. that
0: feeling of well i got a buzz at you know four o'clock on a friday and like fuck it i like this i like the way it feels if you don't have a North Star, I guess, of mm-hmm. mm-hmm. to why you would quit doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you want to enroll people in, you know, your reason and your goal as well. You want to tell people, ask, tell them how they can support you. Maybe you're not meeting for a happy hour anymore. Maybe you're meeting at the park to go for a walk. Maybe not Arizona because it's 115. I don't know if people do what they do here. I mean, <laughs> it
0: was, I would have taken my dog for a walk this morning at like five something. And it was all right. I think right now it's like 107. Mm-hmm. It's a little crispy out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's weird. Like I just, I think of the booze thing because I'm not against alcohol. Obviously like if, you know, if we go somewhere fun or if I'm on a beach or I go to a ball game, like I'll have a beer. I'm not the go home and watch TV and have a drink mm-hmm. person. I'm a fucking grown man. I've never done it once in my life. There's nothing against it. It's just not my thing yet. I think for a lot of people, it's probably the thing that holds them back the most from so many goals because it's, their, their, their life revolves around it, whether they realize it or not. And it's like, it's to me, the, the drinking stuff, and I don't mean to make this an alcohol podcast, but it, it, I'm, I'm curious, like how you think about it. Cause like you can wander into debt. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Like you can wander into being overweight and you can wander into, you know, Oh, I only drink, you know, once a week too. you're having drinks every single day. And I'm not saying you have a problem. I go, but do you think it's making your life better or worse in the long run? And it's very few people I meet who drink habitually every single day, that that's actually a plus to their life as opposed to a negative. But it's hard to look at that in the mirror when it's something you enjoy, right? Like when you're doing something like that's detrimental to you, like you put your hand on the stove, you burn it, it's hot, you know, it's stupid. In the moment, drinking is always like this thing where like, we feel good while we do it. And then yet a year goes by and you know, we gained 12 pounds and now we have all these other shitty habits because of it. Mm
1: -hmm. It's kind of crazy. And our relationships are worse and our self-talk is worse. And really, I think what it comes back to is that it's easy. It's the easy choice. And so we're comfortable. We're comfortable with where we're at and we're scared what's on the other side when we push into being uncomfortable because most of the people that I work with, they have a problem with control want to control everything and control gives us a false sense of safety i'm
0: familiar Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah my name's in the building yeah i know i know what it's like yeah
1: and so giving ourselves that false sense of safety through controlling everything doesn't allow for us to be open to those abundant possibilities that i talked about because we're so white knuckling it and our vision is just so so tunnel vision and so we go back into those patterns that we have and we have to really like Be so super self-aware through asking ourselves better questions each and every day to bring that awareness back up, to be focused. And that's how you start being disciplined, like what we were talking about, that most people aren't disciplined. Figure out what the fuck your why is, like that deep down why that's actually going to make a difference in your life. And then ask yourself questions that support that each and every day so you can be disciplined for it. And just know that you're going to make mistakes. And when you make mistakes, instead of judging yourself, just step back and just be a witness of what happened. Oh, that happened. I see. This is a pattern for me. When this happens in my life, I drink or when this happens in my life, I eat the shitty food or I go in inward and I beat myself up over something. So next time this happens, I'm going to be more aware and I'm going to choose to do the new the new thing.
0: And so you talk about journaling in the way that like we say it here is just yourself auditing, essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I have a, my own ghetto process of mm-hmm. how I do it. And I'm a dude, obviously. So it is what it is. <laughs> but when you say that, like when you're working your corporate job and you are kind of conflicted in what you want to do or really don't know, maybe. Are you doing that during that process? Like mm-hmm. you're auditing your life. Like you're waking up and saying, hey. This is what I want to do today. This is not what I want to do. This makes me happy. This doesn't make me happy. Or was there a point where you got so busy, career, kids, everything, you just, you sometimes put that to the side?
1: Uh, For me, it was a little backwards. So I got so busy with all the things and then recognizing that I, I want to improve my life primarily I was thinking I wanted to be a better leader. So I heard about uh, morning morning routines and so I started doing one. It was more like a checklist back then instead of a ritual. Basically the difference between routine and ritual is like a, a, a ritual you can actually fill into. You're embodying it. You're fully present. A routine is like, okay, check. I did the thing and like, okay, gold star for me which doesn't really get you very far. Like brushing your teeth. Yeah. yeah. It's just routine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. I um, so I would do my Routine and it would be: uh, I walk every morning, I meditate, and I uh, write in my journal. At that time, I didn't have a good free writing practice. Free writing is basically just like where you just let your pen flow and whatever comes up, comes up. And that takes practice um, of years and years. I would use journal prompts. So questions that would get me going. And sometimes the questions would be the same. Like in a journal, I would buy, say, like off Amazon or something. What are three things that I'm grateful for? You know, that's a, a common one that you would find in there just to get that practice going and then once I realize like this isn't actually doing anything because I'm doing these things but I'm not taking action I'm not making change I'm not using this routine it needs to be a ritual so it can be a catalyst for change it can be a catalyst for growth because we can all listen to the best podcasts, read the books go to the events but if we don't say what does this mean to me and then take action on something in our life we're just always going to be in the same spot that we're always at.
0: And do you, obviously what you do now, I'll ask this first so people know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, what is it like, and I think people are grasping, like, what do you do like now? I mean, that's a loaded question for sure, mm-hmm. but you work with women and what, like, what do you, what does that look like? Or who is the kind of the demo just so these guys can, you're painting a picture basically. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I work with high achieving women. So corporate leadership, founders, entrepreneurs women that are go-getters, women that want it all and they're going after it all and they're quote-unquote doing all the things. So they're they're working out, they're attempting to eat healthy, they're trying to grow personally they're listening to the podcast reading the books they have the great career the great job the great business striving for it all family whatever Uh, but that yet they still feel unfulfilled like something is still missing in their life and they're often overwhelmed and stressed and they put a lot of fucking pressure on themselves most of the women that I work with and um, there's some great statistic I'm sure I can't remember it right now but um, a lot of the women that I work with actually have one or more autoimmune condition and I think autoimmune condition are directly correlated to pressure to prove and the stress that we put on ourselves. I actually was diagnosed with MS when I was 25. Oh, no shit. It, yeah, I think it was a direct correlation to the amount of stress that I put on myself. Um, so that's the woman that I work with and I want them to know that there's a different way to live, there's a different way to be and something possible is different for, you know, is possible for you. You just have to be willing to like let go, let, loosen your grip, let go of control
0: What is it that, like, their women are way, like, worse than guys in that Mm -hmm, respect. mm -hmm. What is that, upbringing or something? Like, Mm -hmm. what is the, I guess because you're a dude, you're brought up to be, like, you just have, like, this, I mean, how do I say this correctly? I don't mean to crush dudes all the time, but, like, God, we do some dumb shit. (laughs) Um, I never had this, like, fake self-confidence, you know. But you'll meet dudes where, and I, I love guys, too. They remember themselves, like, better than they were. You know, mm-hmm. but women tend to do the opposite mm-hmm. where you will me to do. And he's like, you know, the Al Bundy, like I threw four touchdowns in a high school football game. Like I was the fucking dude. I'm like, dude, you probably sucked. And mm-hmm. you were fucking terrible. Like you didn't bench 500 pounds. Like you, you, you were never like all everything, but mm-hmm. that's guys will do that. And women tend to make themselves worse. And I even mean it like physically, cause I've done this for a long time. Guys will sometimes think they're like closer to Arnold and they look like nothing like him, obviously. And women will come in here and they're like, you know, they're strong, they're beautiful, they're amazing, and they think they look like shit. The dude will think he's way better and the woman will think she's way worse, which is such a weird thing to me. And I don't know, is that upbringing or like when you see like the people you work with, like have you noticed that? Like just in general mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. why? I don't understand that.
1: For sure. Uh, upbringing and society norms is I think what it, what it comes down to because women are asked to... Um, be women and be sexy and be amazing and be the best mom and the best wife and the best friend and the best sister. But also, you need to do everything that the guys do. And we're just like, we're not built like that. So we're our bodies are based on a 28-day cycle. Yours is a 24-hour clock. Yeah but we push ourselves. Like when I worked my corporate job, I would work like 50, 60 hours a week. I would volunteer all the time. I would do all the things. My body was not built to do that. And I know that now. And so now I, I rest more, but society tells us that we have to do the same thing, that you do, and we have to take care of the kids, and we have to take care of the house, and we have to look like a supermodel. So these are all the pressures that we then have in our subconscious, even if we're not thinking it, that we put on ourself. And then our constant need for consumption that we were talking about, we were talking about material things, but yeah. the constant need for consumption of uh, like media, just builds in that comparison and and that judgment hop on instagram even if you don't logically think it oh she's pretty i wish i looked like that it's like in your subconscious and so all that scrolling just makes you feel like shit
0: so it just gets worse
1: it just gets worse and worse it just gets worse and worse and so to answer your question one it comes down to our actual bodies is we're not meant to do what you what you can do
0: more different yeah 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 Well, it's like how we don't have kids Yeah, I'm a dude. I don't have the it's not a thing.
1: Yeah, and we should and we should be taking care of ourselves So most women once they reach 35 to 40 if they are operating under that society norm Then their hormones are going to be completely jacked, too
0: And I think you're well again, I don't think Well, again, the world was different 100 years ago, too Mm -hmm. Like the the system we have set up. It's it's so busy. It's so demanding. Mm -hmm. It's so stressful And for you if it's whether it's corporate America or not you're trying to – you're again, let's say it is your corporate job. You're climbing the ladder and you're trying to do all these things where maybe you're a dude. You're not trying to do all the things because mm-hmm. like I'm a dude – well, I'm maybe I'm different. I don't give a shit about mm-hmm. most of the stuff. And I think kind of some dudes fall into that category too. Or can they get away with more shit? Cause there's not as many responsibilities on a dude, mm-hmm. I guess. Does that make sense mm-hmm. what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm. I think the, there is pressure on guys. Yeah, it's different. There is pressure. Um, but the pressure to prove yourself as a woman is so strong. And most of the pressure we are putting on ourselves and just like doubling down on it every single
0: day. And like, that's just, to me, that's insane. And like, but you identify it now. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's still happening. Every day, mm-hmm. all the time, and mm-hmm. never stops.
1: Mm-hmm. And th- I think the number one thing that it comes down to is we're putting so much pressure on ourselves around someone else's ideals and someone else's expectations for our life. And we're so overwhelmed and we're so stressed, but it's not because there's too much to do. It's because we're not clear on what we want. If we're really clear on what we want and who we were and what we stood for and what our deepest priorities are as a woman then those are the things that we would use as our guidepost to make decisions in our life. But if we don't have that guidepost, then we're just going to be going back outside of ourselves to try to prove ourselves, to meet those society standards. And then that pressure to prove that we put on ourselves is just so fucking strong.
0: So if I hear like kind of how you're saying it, it's even if you did all this stuff, right? If you could live up to all the, you know, be the best mom in the world, mm-hmm. You're the CEO. You look like a supermodel, Mm -hmm. all this bullshit that's not attainable. But even if you could, you still wouldn't be happy.
1: Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things that I've found, especially coming out of COVID, is one of the reasons is because we don't have enough deep intentional relationships. There are mainly surface level because we've learned as women, as individuals in the United States, that we need to be independent. And we need to do it all. And asking for help is a sign of weakness. And so we don't ask for help, and we think we're the only one with that that thought of putting us down. We think we're the only one that has this challenge in life, and it's really fucking scary to say like, "Hey, I have this problem," and be vulnerable in front of people because we don't want them to think less of us. But that's what actually connects people.
0: You mean like somebody, like real friends?
1: Real friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I did an event um, in the Portland area, so I was doing the I'm doing a podcast tour this year with my podcast. And I have these conversation starter cards. So I force everybody into awkward conversations with someone that they do not know. Some (laughs) icebreakers. Yeah. Sounds
0: like my fucking nightmare.
1: Some really fun icebreakers with questions on there that you would not normally ask somebody or 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 even think to to ask somebody like if if uh if you were with a fortune teller what would you you know what would what would you ask for um if you had all the money in the world what would you do like all these kind of questions around like dreams and goals what are you ready to let go of with this complete stranger and then you have to actually allow that person to tell you for two minutes straight and just listen and that person has to uncomfortably talk and answer the question for two minutes without like any response for the other person yeah after we did that one of the feedback from one of the women that attended she said i don't even have conversations like this with my best friend like what with your best friend you don't talk about like dreams and goals and challenges because so often we think if we do that then it's going to be a sign of weakness but it's not a sign of weakness like i said vulnerability is like the most magical part of our human experience and if more people shared things that they had fears or challenges, then we would recognize that we are more the same than we are different. Like I'm sure some of the, the the fears that you've had, I've actually had them before. For sure. Yeah.
0: Well, it's different as we all are. We all have the same, basically kind of six needs. Now mm-hmm. there's different levels to each mm-hmm. one. Like my sense of security might be different than yours mm-hmm. or vice versa, but it's all like, we like to think like, Oh man, we're all so unique. And I'm like, bro, we're all fucking animals, dude. We're all chasing mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm. shit. Now, what my version of happiness might not look the same as yours, but if you strip it down, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. It's weird, like when you say we call them surface level friends. Um, I will, I always joke, I'm like, if you like really if I can send you a text and like, here's a, you know, this Tupac song from 1996, if you know every word, like we're real friends. If you don't, you're a different friend of me. And that's, a I guess we're friends. Yeah. I'm I'm joking when I say, cause I'm like, (laughs) if you only listen to country and you don't know what this is, I'm Mm -hmm. like, we're different level friends. That's like our inside joke. When I say surface level, a lot of people here, and it's, it's weird because for this life, it's like, we're on this kind of weird Island here where I I get to know people and some people here become super close friends with us. Other people here will tell me fucking everything about their life, Mm -hmm. like everything. And I know they don't tell their husband that or their Mm -hmm. wife that, and they don't tell Mm -hmm. their friends that because for some reason they're, I mean, I appreciate they trust us enough that I won't tell anybody else, but one I'm close enough to them, but I'm not in the circle to where anyone else in the circle will know. Mm-hmm. Which is odd to me that like some guy who you sit and do bear crawls with, you know, for 30 minutes, a couple times a week is who you would tell your life to and not your spouse or your three best friends. Mm-hmm. Cause fear of like judgment or comparison or whatever it is, mm-hmm. which is a really sad thing. And to your point, I do think that's a huge issue for people. Cause very few people have like really good friends where they can be honest. And I don't know if it's just fear of judgment or whatever the thing is, but it's, I, I do think that's something that's lacking in a lot of people's lives. Yeah.
1: I know growing up uh, for me and uh, the friends that I have, the deep intentional relationships, oftentimes we weren't taught how to have these conversations or how to share our feelings or share challenges or have intentional relationships. It was more about accomplishments, I guess, and what it looks like on the outside. Um, but just just looking at like the facts of it, though, One in five people say that they're lonely, even though they're surrounded by people all the time.
0: Because it's like the relationships are meaningless. Yeah.
1: The relationships are meaningless. Or they're
0: not meaningless. They're just... It's like... To me, hey, it, the weather's hot today. Yeah, mm-hmm. no shit, dude. It's Arizona in the summertime. Like, that's a worthless <laughs> fucking conversation I don't want to have. You know what I mean?
1: It's like, so funny you say that. I I used to always say I don't want to fucking talk about the weather. Let's the, talk about something else. It's
0: the number one most <laughs> worthless conversation topic in the world when you Google it. Agreed. Yeah. But there's so many things like that where my wife's like, you know, you're terrible at making small talk with people. And I'm like, because I have no fucking interest in it. And I'm an introvert anyway, but I'm like, I'm not going to just talk about something that to me is meaningless. Like, I'll get to know people, sure. I go, but I just don't want to have these high by like, you're sitting next to me on the airplane. I'm probably not going to talk to you, dude. That's just personality type. Because I don't want to sit and talk, oh, where are you from? Like, that's not my thing. But I think we do that in our daily lives with our friends without even realizing Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. We complain about the same things. We have these little chats, but nothing of substance.
1: That's interesting to me. So, do you think that you have uh, deep, intentional conversations with your close relationships besides your wife?
0: Uh, With certain people, if I trust them, yeah. Mm. but then some people kind of creep me out so no mm, mm. just depends
1: hey that could be an area where maybe you could expand oh
0: dude i got so many problems yeah i'm 100 <laughs> percent dude uh i control everything all the time i mean for down to <laughs> down to like the new like i know well again we all we're all fucked up right Yeah, like right. deep down but yeah there's certain things where i'll keep it real with people yeah but not a lot of people No. My circle is pretty small. Yeah.
1: So based on what you said, I always like to give a challenge. I'll give it to you and, yeah. and, and I'll give it to everybody. So if we want to change the world together, I always think like if we heal ourselves, we can, we can heal the world. And I mean, that sounds really grandiose, but it's so true. Like it could you could just create a ripple effect. So I like to say like be the one to show the world how fucking great life truly is. And you do that by being the one to talk to people and being the one to engage with people and to talk more about the weather, to smile, to be friendly. Um, I was mentioning we were just at that mastermind and you know we're walking, all, all women walking. I say hi and I talk to everybody. And at, at one point there was a dude on the sidewalk, look kind of sketch. You know I'm going to say hi and talk to him. Obviously, I know it's safer that way too because if I f- like am looking timid, someone you know might do something but anyway they like completely avoid they like go off the sidewalk you know but what if we what if we smiled more at people what if we talked more to people what if we were the one to to say hello what if we were the one to say like hey guess what my life's really great and i'm fucking happy how many people do do people hold back to say like life is good like how often do you say that you love your life and you love what you're doing and and, and and all the things so you can show people like that's okay to do it's okay to be happy
0: I usually say live in the dream in a kind of a sarcastic fun way cuz usually that's the banter we get back. I feel like people. live
1: in the dream is like negative connotation though
0: it, I think sometimes it is for people mm-hmm. cuz they say it in a bad way but mm-hmm. i mean but i mean it like my life is awesome but i do say it yeah. But i, I like feel i feel if i say it to some guy on the airplane who's all salty he's going to get all pissed off and like
1: you should try it. It's gonna be weird. You should. It should be just an experiment. Everybody can experiment. Because they'd it. be like,
0: "Who's this fucking weirdo sitting next to me now for the next two hours?"
1: Yeah, and ask like a, a really like random. You know, just ask ask a, ask a random question instead of like, "Where are you going?" You know. Oh, are you going to see family? Is, is it for work? Like, oh, you
0: know. Yeah, I've see, like I dread those things. <laughs> that seems <laughs> that seems miserable. You know, like, but there's personality types, right? Like, some people love that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make a friend on the airplane. I'm gonna know everything about him in the mm-hmm. next two hours. I'm like. Let me just put my AirPods in, even if they're dead. And then people will think I'm like listening to music and they Mm -hmm. won't talk to me.
1: It used to seem miserable to me too. I would be the one not to say anything, but it's really my mission to bring this. Like I always say, I want to light up every room that I walk into and not in a like, oh, I'm so great way. But like when I show up in my fullest expression of myself and I am shining, then it enables you to do the same. It like writes you a permission slip to do it too. Just like you said earlier, like, oh, yeah, I saw someone. Hey, he's doing it. I could do it. I could probably do it better. For sure. Yeah. And so I want everybody to feel that way. And if we're not talking and if we're not connecting to people, if we're not like hugging people and making eye contact, because that's something that happens now just because of the pandemic. Like people don't even make eye contact
0: anymore. Yeah. 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 Well, you're just what you're describing is like to me like an energy. Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. that you have, Mm -hmm. whether it's verbal or not. Like you just don't look like a serial killer when you walk through places. Like you look like a nice person. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. So you brought it up like the, the loneliness and and self-isolation thing. That's like the next is that, did you see that before the pandemic or have you seen more, way more of it afterwards?
1: I've seen it before and it's just continuing. And the thing that made it worse is having to be home and having to isolate then built more anxiety to go out and to be with, with society in people that already lacked confidence.
0: It's I'll share this just cause like I'm an introvert by nature. Most people wouldn't understand it because they listen to the podcast. They watch the videos, whatever. This is a whole different world. I just fell into it. Right. Like I personal brand wasn't a thing. Like I just, mm-hmm. I was an idiot and I put my name on the building and here the fuck we are. But during the COVID stuff, like, As much as I don't need to be around people, if I'm never doing it, it's the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. It makes you weird. Mm -hmm. It just does It's a big reason why like we still just run the gym and that people come here because I'm like, without it, I'm like, what am I going to do? Just be on the internet all day? And then I'm just a video. Basically, I only exist as a video and a voice. Mm -hmm. Then it's strange to me. There's no real connection there. Mm -hmm. So at least here I can come have one and it's fun and it's neat. And it's weird that you say that, like, that you noticed it before, and now it's even heightened more than ever, Mm. where people now, like, I think some people, they just, they're not going to come out of the show, is what my fear is. And if you look at the wave of shit that's kind of coming, like, I think the the mental health stuff and the loneliness stuff is going to be, like, one of the next, if it's a, if you want to call it an epidemic or a crisis Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be, like, I think that's the next thing, personally. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it already is. They came up with this new term, and, and I don't really like labels. I don't like labels like depressed, anxiety, introvert, extrovert, whatever, because then that builds a story in our head that sure. places us in, in, in a certain place. But this new idea of languishing. So languishing is in between like happiness and like completely depressed. Languishing is when you're just in the state of mediocrity and you don't really feel unfulfilled. You're not taking action on anything, kind of feel bad. There's not really a reason to feel bad. Like you don't have something catastrophic happening in your life, but shit just doesn't feel good. And you're just in it. And that's where a lot of people are. And that's where the self-isolation is, is coming from. And the loneliness is, is causing this. And the only way to get out of it is to is to find a community, to connect with people, to be in person with people, and to not be so superficial and actually share like who, who you are is really the only way to get out of it. But it sounds scary. It sounds scary to a, to a lot of people. So I always suggest, like, to start asking yourself better questions. And I know that we talked about this before, and people think, like, some people think, like, journaling's a joke. How is that going to help me? Um, but asking yourself better questions each and every day. For example, how do I want to feel today? How, how would you answer that question? How do you want to feel today? What if you, it was morning? How do you want to feel today? uh happy happy oh i I like that i'm a
0: happy person i choose happiness dude that's me
1: good i i I like it i like it often what answers i get things like productive ambitious you know like well wait those those aren't really feelings words like do you want do you want to feel do you want to feel joy do you want to feel peace do you want to feel? you know and i actually created a whole list of feelings words for my clients so they can look at it and be like oh yeah that's how i want to feel today
0: now, when you say journaling, like, I don't think it sounds stupid because that's, I mean, we do it here all the time. Mm-hmm. My wife has a practice. Shit. Doug White was here a couple weeks ago. He has a whole practice mm-hmm. where he does it. His is like, I expect to, and then he has this whole thing. I expect to have the most amazing morning ever. Like he has mm-hmm. this super detailed. He has a whole, and I'll ask you about yours in a second too. And people who are listening are like, that sounds like fucking dumb it's probably because you've never done it, mm-hmm. or you've never dedicated time to do it for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Like Doing it for three days as like a checklist, like you say, I don't think gets you anywhere. Mm. To me, it's the same way, and you've probably seen this too with people. People can get addicted to a lot of things, and sometimes it's things that you think are positive, but they're not, like the personal development stuff. Go to all the conferences, listen to all the podcasts, watch all the videos, but there's no actionable steps you're taking or you don't have an anchoring event that's what we call it like mm-hmm. you know where for some people it's you know a traumatic thing that changes them and then it kicks in or they you know fucking do DMT or ayahuasca mm-hmm. and they trip mm-hmm. out and the eagle lets go or they do something and I'm not saying you have to go do drugs obviously to do it but sometimes it needs to be that or you have to have something that's so I guess important or so deep down that it cuts we're like okay now I'll actually make the change where I think sometimes we just kind of get in these habits. And I think the same thing with the writing stuff. You got to give it time. Mm-hmm. So like when you work with people and they write down something like, what do you want to feel today? Uh product, like, I don't get like, that's to me, it's, it's almost every day. It's like, I just want to be happy, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the mm-hmm. thing. And it's like, there's a process to that even for me. So when you go through the journaling, what do you have people start doing? And then I guess like, what does yours look like today?
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What I have people start doing is I first have them do a brain dump. So every week I have them on Sunday write out all their to-dos, whatever it is. And primarily because if you start a journaling practice and you don't do this first, then you're going to make it into like a to-do list for the day. So you need to get that shit out of the way. So you write out your to-do list, you get you get it scheduled for the day. I actually created a journal with this exact process. Um, just recently, and people could buy it on Amazon. Um, what's, the,
0: what's the name of it?
1: The Be the Light Transformation Journal.
0: Be the Light Transformation yes. Journal on Amazon.
1: On Amazon. They could just hop right on. So you do your brain dump, and you decide what things actually need to be done this week, what needs to be done by me, um, and you might... Plan things for a different week. So you have your stuff scheduled out. So you get rid of that. And then you start your journaling practice. And each day you're going to write things down like what you do appreciate in your life. You're going to write things down. Mine's a little bit different than what you had said your last guest shared about I expect to. Mine is like I'm going to declare things over my life. Like I, I am so thankful that I now wa- that I wake up next to the beach every day. And I would I used to write things like that before we moved, and now we live in Miami. I was even like before. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're like writing, you're declaring over your life what you want to manifest in your life.
0: What's that like? Uh, it's kind of like affirmations, but not mm-hmm. really.
1: Kind of like affirmations, but it's just writing down and declaring what you want because you can feel it so deeply. Yeah. And when you do that, you're more likely to bring it to fruition. And when you start talking about it and putting it out in the universe, you never know who might hear or what you might be connected with. Because again, you're creating space and you're, you're opening yourself up to what's possible instead of having your grip so tight and white knuckling on what you're doing on an everyday basis.
0: You, you say that and I think some people listen and they're like, well, that sounds great, but that's, you know, fucking unicorn tears and like fairy dust. And I don't believe that, but I think that's what imagine if like if I tell my dad some shit he's like you're crazy like mm-hmm. you'll think I sound nuts mm-hmm. I go but I feel it though mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. I think sometimes we say things but we don't feel it mm-hmm. and then there's something that you feel and you're like yeah this is real like this is going to happen mm-hmm. I don't know how but I just feel it is and so if I keep saying it and I keep writing it down like it'll become a thing it will where I think sometimes people will write it but they don't feel it correct and I don't know how to describe that because I know I sound like I'm fucking nuts right now But it's a thing Mm -hmm. like where I just know, I guess, even if it's if it's work shit, right? Like, which to me is not that important, Like, although I do love the craft of like what we do, if it's even business metrics, I'm like, well, if this is the goal, this is how it's going to be. And I feel it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how and I don't know when I go, but it's going to. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it is. And I'll just harp on it over and over and over. But if I didn't feel it, to me, I wouldn't even say it. And I wouldn't even write it down and it wouldn't, it would be meaningless. Mm -hmm. I don't think, what my point is, I don't think sometimes people have a, whether it's a belief in themselves or the thing at all.
1: Mm -hmm. And and I guess the question would be a year from now for people that are saying like, bullshit, like that's not going to work out. Like a year from now, if you're in the exact same situation and spot and predicament and life that you're at right now, are you going to be happy? Often the answer is no. So what are you going to do to change it? And you have to start somewhere. So why not start with this? Why not get curious and try it out, and see and see if it actually works for you.
0: And how much you like an investment in a day? What is this? Ten minutes?
1: Yeah, it could be ten minutes. For example, with my journal, you have your set questions. You write out, you know, how you want to feel, uh, what's going to make you feel that way. Because not only do you want to be happy, but you need to know the activities, the behaviors, the conversations, the people, the rituals that you want to do in order to feel that way. Because it's one thing to say I want to be happy, and then lead a life that doesn't leave. To happiness, you have to actually back that up as well, and then declare things over your life that you know and you feel that can happen. The next page is actually an inquiry question. So, an inquiry question is to dive into, like, what did what did you call it earlier? I really liked I really liked the saying that you used. Journaling was like, uh, ah, I, uh, it escapes me now what you said. Do you remember what you said? Uh uh-uh. uh ah, Oh shit. Okay, I'll think of it. I'm not that
0: smart. Somebody okay. can listen back and hear. It. <laughs>
1: Um, So an inquiry question is really just like a deep dive into yourself and it gives you time to free write So for example, it might be like do my actions match my aspirations? So that's really like calling your own BS, right? So I aspire for this I dream for this my goals are this are my actions matching it and you write about that.
0: We do uh, Yeah, like it's well like we say auditing, right? Uh, Maybe that's what you said. Yeah, like if you audit your behavior and your Mm -hmm. goals, we do a, a talk where uh, usually it's to like the people you work with, like president circle of mm-hmm. AT&T, you mm-hmm. name it, whatever company. And we'll go in and they're like, who's this dipshit with a backwards hat and a, and a hoodie mm-hmm. on? Cause you mm-hmm. know, like I don't look like the typical, um, dude, I guess. And the question we always ask is like, well, what are the five things that are most important in your life? Mm-hmm. And we have them list them out and everybody kind of gives the same kind of answers. Well, it's health, you know, it's my family and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, what is the, the five things you spend the most time doing? And because I'm a fitness guy, health is nowhere near the top five at all. Yeah, without that, your life is basically horseshit because you're not healthy. You don't think good. You don't move good and everything is fucking garbage. And that's a moment of clarity for most people where it's like, well, I'm saying one thing, but I'm doing a different one. Mm -hmm. And the, the cut and dry of it for me is what you value. Well, what you spend your time doing and what you spend your money on. Typically, that paints a pretty clear picture for most people. And if it is the journaling thing, and I'm a fan of it for sure, If you're not willing to spend 10 minutes on it, but you're willing to spend three hours watching fucking Netflix, dude, like you don't give a shit about your life and where it's going. And that's, I guess, the one thing, and I'm sure you see it too. It's the most baffling to me where we spend these disproportionate amounts of time on things that are either no return, like for our life on investment or happiness, yet we know these things suck, yet we don't spend the time on them to improve them, which is really strange to me. And that's either because we're too busy in the world we live in, I guess, to really understand what's going on, or maybe we were never taught the skills in the first place. And we went all this way through school and life, and then we just showed up, and you're 35, and you're like, fuck, I have really no, I don't want to call them like emotional intelligence skills, Mm -hmm. but you just don't have them. Mm -hmm. Nobody taught them to you. Mm -hmm. And that's like kind of what, where you come in, and Mm -hmm. that's become like now a career, which Mm -hmm. I don't think 50 years ago. If you did, it was like fucking voodoo. Even now, people right. think it's it's gnarly, yeah. but it's a real thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we were talking about talking about journaling, and you said the self auditing that that was what you said, and I, I really think it is a a, a self audit a way to get to know yourself better because journaling is the is the introduction to getting to know yourself better. So then you can build confidence and understand who you are and what you want. I'll keep going back to that. It's not about there's too much to do or we're overwhelmed or stressed. It's just we're not clear on who we are and what we want. And if we can get a little clear on who we are and what we want, then it gives us that little safety to go out and to like talk to people and make real connections. And so that would be like the second step. So start your journaling, ask yourself, second step, like build community. Maybe it's at a gym like what you talked about. Maybe you... They join a gym. Maybe it's a woman's group. Maybe it's a retreat. Maybe it's an event. Anything that you can do. Maybe you're having up-leveled conversations with your friends. Maybe you say something like, you know, I don't really want to spend most of our time complaining and blaming, you know, anymore. I want to talk about like our dreams and goals. You want to, you want to go to coffee and talk about that?
0: Yeah, but you, you know like how that goes down, right? Like for most people, your friends are like, hey, lady, you're fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like they mm-hmm. look at you like you're nuts, dude. And I guess I'll, I'll in, for everybody who who's in that scenario, like you're around with, and I'll just say women because that's who you work with. There's six women at Happy Hour just doing their thing. And you normally just, whether it's, and again, I'll use, let's say, Scottsdale as an example. I love it here. It's great. But we're complaining. Oh, well, my Porsche got a flat tire. Or, you know, it's, like, it's, it's shit <laughs> like that, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're luxury. They're, it's a problem for you. I get it. But it's a luxury problem. And it's bullshit. And then you're the person who's like, hey, guys, I don't want to complain about X, Y, and Z anymore. I really want to have some real conversations about my goals and dreams you know these other five people are probably like is she on fucking drugs today you know like i feel that's a tough thing for people to do like to get the courage to actually do that as weird as it sounds Mm -hmm. i think most people would struggle with that
1: Hmm. interesting i think maybe
0: maybe they don't know because if if they if they didn't it'd be happening all the time
1: right yeah So I think where the courage comes from is with the clients that I work with anyways in my one-on-one practice is we build other skills and they see how important this is. And so it's so important to have these relationships because your significant other can't do everything for you. I I mean, even if you want them to, it's not going to be fucking possible. And so you do have to have these other relationships that are really supportive of yourself. And... Often we don't, yeah, we don't have the right people around us. So we might have to make new friends. We might have to be like, hi, my name is Carmen. I'm 40 and uh, I want to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it just, just, ha- a,
0: just a random person at the store. Yeah. Right,
1: random person at the store. No, so go to environment. So for example, what I did when I moved to Colorado Springs, when I moved to Miami Beach, I got on Eventbrite. I got on Facebook. I started looking at events that were happening where people would be that would be the people I want to surround myself with.
0: Like, uh, just like a, it's not random shit though.
1: No, not random shit. So for example, like maybe I'm going to like a sound bath and meditation. And so those types of people would probably be my people. They're into personal growth. They're into taking care of themselves. They're into slowing down and calming their nervous system and not being in a state of chronic stress all day long. Those might be my peeps. I might go to in a... I stay away from like networking events, like good old boys club, networking events. Those, They're
0: all bullshit. The, <laughs> <those> people are <laughs> who just are there because they want to get something from you.
1: Yeah. Those yeah. aren't the ones that I'm talking about. For example, in Miami, there's this event called Miami Beach Storytelling. Uh, Candice puts it on and people from the community come together around a certain theme. She has a few people tell their story. It creates a vulnerability. In that instant, we feel connected to those people and the community all feels connected. And there are places like that and there are events like that. Again, you just have to be the one to look for them. You have to want it bad enough. You have to want to have a change in your life and you have to put in the effort. And so you keep going back to like, well, I don't know if people will be able to do that, but it's just about like, how bad do you want it? Do you want to be in the same place a year from now or do you want to make a change? So you have to take action. And so what do you want to take action on?
0: One thing that's most people have to get to like a fuck it point. Of like, I really need to change this.
1: But wouldn't it be cool if we didn't have to have like that drop dead moment, that breakthrough, that thing where it was like, you know what? Like my life, like how I think right now, my life's really great and I'm really happy. But recently I'm doing like a 66 day challenge for myself because I was like, I want to make like a couple small changes, especially around like calming my nervous system. And so I'm going to do a few things for my day. I'm going to start my day with a walk in the morning End my day with a walk. I'm going to be in meditation and prayer more often during the day, actually midday, not just in the morning, because I want to see if I can get myself into like this super aligned state. That's like real peaceful instead of you do it in the morning and then you start your day and then you're like in that chronic state of heightened, like stress all day long. Yeah. And we've trained our nervous system to do that. So I'm like, I want something different even though my life's happy and great. So I'm like forcing myself to do something different to see. It's like, a, it's an experiment life, just of an experiment.
0: I, I get that. It's, I'm, I always think of the lowest like common denominator and maybe that's a bad way to say it, but the person who they're not happy with their life yet. They're either shy or bashful or mm-hmm. timid. And they're like, man, I'm going to go to a group and I have to talk to people and tell them like real shit. Like, I just feel like it's a daunting thing right so but so but so is fitness right like where there's people who they'll and i always go back to that because this is what we do hey jeremy um they'll message us i'm you know i got 150 pounds to lose and i need to get fit before i come to the gym and i'm like bro this is what this is what we Mm -hmm. do but they feel this apprehension to come because they're embarrassed because of you know i won't be able to keep up or whatever And i'm like which is not the case and i think some people feel that in that arena too and maybe even more so because it's more you're more vulnerable I guess, to anything because you're willing to put yourself out there and like just share some real stuff. But again, it the, the only way you can do it is to actually do it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that the first step, I think, for most people is probably the toughest.
1: Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that helps the most and has helped me the most is the hiring coaches having some sort of mentor because they can help you along the way. They can help you build that confidence. They can give you some of those um, emotional tools. They can help build resiliency in your life. They can help you with that. And so when you go out, you're less likely to be apprehensive or anxious or nervous. Of course, it's going to be it's natural to do that. But having some sort of coach or mentor um, to help you along the way, because it's okay to ask for help and people want to help people. And often we think that it's a sign of weakness to ask for help. And so that could be the first step. Maybe you see someone and, you know, we've been talking a little bit about fitness. You see someone that you know that is an acquaintance and they're pretty fit. Like, hey, maybe you could do something for them. They could give you some advice. That could be the first way to, like, get started on something. Maybe you hire a coach. Um, I think that's a really great way to get started.
0: I agree. And I was going to ask, too, like, is there any, I guess, people you see or you meet who are, Successful by you know whatever metric of the term we mean, like when I was successful, they have a good job that they enjoy, they make money, Mm -hmm. uh, they're happy. You fill in the blanks Mm -hmm. that have really shitty friends and nobody to talk to. Like it really doesn't go together, Mm -mm. and that's what I'm driving at. Like even for me, like I've been part of mastermind groups for you know shit as long as I've been in this, and that is an easy way to do it Mm -hmm. because you're kind of Mm -hmm. all there for the same common goal. Mm -hmm. And of all the people in the group. Um, like publicly, I'm probably the most outspoken. I mean, I do the most videos, I do the most podcasts, fill in the fucking blank, but the most like quiet in the group. As an introvert. Yeah. Well, it's just, (laughs) I can turn it on and off when it like suits me, right? Did
1: you know that introverts actually need more connection to like really deeply feel fulfilled and feel seen than extroverts do?
0: Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Isn't that weird? But it fits. Uh I I just mean in the terms of where, you know, it may be because what I do for work, you know, it kind of... None of us fit into like one box, right? right? Like when you walk into the room, like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna be there. They're going to know, whatever. I'd rather be invisible. And I say that with my name on a building. When I walk in every day, I'm the fucking show. Maybe if I didn't have all that stuff, it'd be completely different. So when I go to the grocery store, let me just be invisible and not be here. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a different thing. I can't be it on all the time forever. Like that's too much mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. So in certain places where I can just be it's better than being like on, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Well, you have to protect your energy. That's something that I talk about a lot. And that's what you're talking about right now Yeah. is we all have a certain capacity and a certain amount of energy throughout the day. And often we're giving it away in ways that we don't even realize. Like when we set that really blaring alarm in the morning and then we snooze like five times and like that's stealing our energy. The drive to work is is stealing our energy. All these things are stealing our energy and we don't have anything left at the end of the day for ourselves or for the Like, remember how you said people always say, oh, my family and my health and all these things are the most important thing. They're spent. But we don't have any energy left for the things that are most important to us. And this is one of the of the things that I coach on the most is like, what can we do to protect our energy? So what could you maybe do during the day to protect your energy, to be able to like say hi to somebody at the grocery store, if you wanted to, like if that was a thing that you wanted, just be shittier, just be shittier at work. Oh no, that's not what I'm fucking saying. Fuck fuck you guys. (laughs) I got
0: to make friends at Sprouts today. Forget you. No, no. But you you see
1: where I'm going with this is like, there's an opportunity to protect our energy to, Um, to set boundaries, to ask for what we want, to ask for help, to let go of things, maybe commitments that we've been doing for a long time that no longer serve us, but we've just been doing them because like we're supposed to do them. There's an opportunity to protect our energy and it all goes back to figuring out who we are and what we want. And I've said that like 5,000 times, but most people, if I ask them, what do you want? They'll go, what do you mean? Like for what? Like your life like what what do you what do you want like when i think about what i want i want freedom my ultimate goal every day is to not be rushed Yep. i don't want that feeling of rush because when i'm rushed i'm not present and i want to be pre- so fucking present that every single moment is the most important moment of my life and what if we all operated like that that every single moment was the most important moment of our life how much more joy and happiness would we have like just being in awe of what's around us
0: but most people's, one of their biggest problems is they're always rushed right. or at least they feel the sense of, I don't know if it's anxiety or urgency or whatever, mm-hmm. or they're, here's the phrase I hear all the time. And I'll go back to your point of the energy real quick. And I'm going to come to this. Um, Steve Shembaum, I talked to us at Reebok a long, long time ago, like years ago. And he did it like a level of one to seven. And he's like, you guys who come in here and it's all of us, it's all the gangsters, me, Alexia Clark, Ashley, fucking dave you name it bj's there he's like you guys give like a seven like that's the highest like he just has a different scale the highest output you can do and then you go home and you're a fucking one and you're terrible Mm -hmm. and you can't do that Mm -hmm. and to me i'm like that's probably the one thing that stuck with me where i'm like okay i only have so much to give and if i'm a seven every day at work and i'm a one at home then i suck at home so the worst thing to me could be like well and I think anybody who's listening who works at a job, which is probably everybody here who has iPhones, so all of you, like when you go and you give it everything and your people at work think you're great, but your family and your friends think you suck, it's the reverse. You fucked up. Mm-hmm. And this is just me sharing stuff from my wife at home. Sometimes my wife will will give work a lot like I do and then something shitty will happen at work and she's like super salty and if you're married then you eat the shit at home it's just kind of how it works dude we're meanest to the people closest to right. us for some fucked up reason mm-hmm. and what I'll joke I go, go, hey I don't have you don't have to be nice to me today but just treat me like I'm a co-worker bro because you wouldn't yell at the lady from insert whatever company mm-hmm. you're working with I go but we tend to do that because we've spent everything and that is an important thing for a lot of people just because it's we, we're all guilty of it, I think, at some point. Mm-hmm. And if you can get to a place where you don't do that, it's, it's a good place to be. Mm-hmm. But I think people feel like they have to because, like, well, this is my job. This is what I do. I have to be great. And they're just constantly in the state of, like, just, I don't know. I don't know if it's anxiety or what it is or just panic or they'll feel. When I say they're behind, that's what it is. I just feel like I can't catch up. I feel like I'm behind. And I think that's the world we live in now. Like, we've created this world of... The internet's a beautiful thing. I'm behind on emails. I'm behind on phone calls. Here's the fucking newsflash, dude. There'll always be more emails. Mm -hmm. There's always more phone calls and we're kind of drowning in that. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, very few people I think could get your number one feeling of, I don't want to feel rushed. Because I do think probably if I'm guessing 90% of people feel like they're rushed every day all the time.
1: Well, I would say try it on. Get curious about it and tactically like how do we how do we do this we do a better job planning planning out our week so that brain dump idea that i had you write down all your to-dos then it's like does this actually need to be done because sometimes we're doing shit that doesn't even need to be done and we're just doing it and we don't need to be doing it anymore we need to let it go it's not even important
0: or you that, can outsource right tasks yeah, if yeah, yeah. you have the means and to that
1: do that was the next thing does it need to be done this week and does it need to be done by me yeah And so where are you asking for help and what are you outsourcing? And so you're left with a list of things that actually need to be done that need to be done this week and can only be done by you. And then you pick a couple things per day. Most people will take that list of let's say there's 11 things on the list and they put 11 things on Monday and because they're so distracted because there's all these things coming at us that we need to consume and pressure to prove and all the things that we do half of three things. So on Tuesday we still have fucking 11 things done. So what if we took and we put two things on each day and maybe three on one and then we just did those two things on Monday and felt really good about it even though we still had nine more things for the week that we were going to do but it's planned out and we don't have to worry about it. We're not, we're not going to forget about it and then we can go through our day with really focused intention. How do I want to feel? I want to feel happy. Great. What's going to make me feel that way? These things are going to make me feel that way, and today I'm going to do these two things, and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to focus and I'm going to do them to completion. Not doing things to completion creates so much overwhelm and so much anxiety. I mean, it could be something as simple as like leaving throwing the, you know, the the laundry on the bed and not folding it and leaving dishes in the sink. Take the fucking two minutes, wash them, and put, or rinse them, and put them in the dishwasher. Because if you do that with everything in your life, now you have you know, like 10 undone things that you have to do, and it just builds anxiety. So if you're going back to that brain dump thing, you do the two things on, on Monday, great. Now tomorrow, I have three things planned. I don't have to be rushed. I can get all these things done. And you build in what's called white space. So you're not scheduling your day. You're, if it starts at 8 and ends at 5, you're not scheduling every minute you have like two hour time blocks in there that you don't have anything scheduled where like you could just do whatever the fuck you want to. Or if, a, if life happens, cause guess what? Life happens a lot, especially people with like families or if they're in leadership positions, there's always going to be an emergency. For sure. You have capacity on that day because you haven't scheduled yourself so tight, which also means that you have to say no to some things.
0: Which is a whole different right. animal. Cause a lot of people are yes people. Right. To everything. Right. And they're not willing to say no. Even to maybe things that seem like they're fun in the moment or the day, but it just really doesn't fit the week you're in or the season you're in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like when we're younger, and I'm going to crush my wife here for a second, she would want to do everything all the time. Mm -hmm. We got to go to every fucking party, every event. And I'm like, hey, look, lady, um, I'm trying to do something here. And I know it sounds crazy because I'm a fucking loser right now. I go, but in 10 years, dude, this is going to be awesome. And it would be hard to be like, I can't go to that today because I'm trying to do this. And I mm-hmm. know if I go to this, it will be fun, kind of, but it will steal the next three days from me. And a lot of people feel like they can't say no. Mm-hmm. And I don't have that gene, whatever that is. I don't give a shit. Like I can say no all day to a lot of things, but you have to be able to. Because you're not, it's, to me, it's not selfish, it's selfless because you have to know like what your bandwidth is, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what you just described. In terms of getting things done is basically it's like the equivalent to like a Dave Ramsey like debt snowball. You pay off the debt smallest to biggest mm, right. and because it just builds momentum. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing people miss is like the there is a feeling of accomplishment or just completion. But it's just like it's clearing away shit mm-hmm. from your day mm-hmm. instead of letting it just hang around.
1: Because most of the time the things that we're focusing on is not even the stuff that matters. Um, and I, and I, I liked that example that that you just gave um, of you were clear on what you were going for. You were clear on who you were and what you wanted, so you didn't go to the event, and you said no. And most people again are not are not clear on that. So I just want to drill down, like how how important that is. If no one takes something, if you don't take anything else away, is like get really fucking clear on what's important to you and what you're going for and why you're going for it, and remind yourself of that each and every day, and be really intentional. Because what if we started everything, each email that we sent, each phone call, each conversation, each store trip, each what errand, each whatever, like with an intention. An intention to be present, an intention to not be rushed, and whatever your intention is, whatever you're going for, and being more intentional um, in your day would be Cause huge. Because I
0: think people do things just to do things, mm-hmm. or it's the norm. Mm-hmm. And I, th- you're gonna change is gonna happen no matter what, whether you like it or not. That's just reality. And you kind of get used to. Well, we we've always done it this way. Well, yeah, dude, I used to go to Old Town and get shitfaced till 2 a.m., but I mm-hmm. don't fucking do that anymore either. Mm-hmm. Like, there comes a point where things have to shift. And I know, and I'll just speak here for people who are with a partner, sometimes you're going to have to fight them on Mm -hmm. certain things, Mm because sometimes they'll be on your team, Mm -hmm. even though you're your teammate for life, essentially. But sometimes you might have a differentiating of ideologies, and you got to just die Mm
1: -hmm. on that hill,
0: dude. I've done it a million times. Mm -hmm. And if you're, you'll win, some of them, some of them you'll lose. I go, but you have to. And I don't mean like you're going to sit there and have a screaming argument, but just say, hey. This is my process and you have your process and and you have a process together, but they'll be different as well Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, if I do this, I'm going to be a fucking nightmare the next four days. I mean, you don't have to say it like that, but that's basically how I describe it. And usually it it comes to work out, but you have to be willing to just, you know, I guess like anything, put your mask on first. And a lot of people, women are in my experience, way worse Mm -hmm. than dudes.
1: You have a great example of that of relationships, but something else on the saying no is you have to practice. It's like a muscle you have to you have to build it up and something really easy that people can people can start if someone asks right there you're in person they ask you to do something a really easy way is like oh yeah thank you so much for thinking of me could you email that and i'll double i'll double check my calendar or at home or with my husband and then i'll let you know and then you can just do the soft no like on the email I like that. if you're not willing to say like no the, the other thing that I like to say is thank you so much for thinking of me. Right now, I have a lot on my plate and I would not be able to give 110% to whatever it is you're being asked to do. And I, you know me, I always give 110%. So ask me again, you know, later or you could think of me next time. So it's, it's, a, it's communicating from a place of love. It's not just saying like, no, I can't do that. I'm too busy. It's like letting them know like, hey, I feel good because you... You acknowledge that you want you want something from me. You vow va- you value me. You think of me highly. Um, so those are two things that you could do. A great example of the relationship thing. Each person in the relationship is always on their own journey. I remember when I started my morning routine, morning rituals. my husband would walk by my, I had an office, and I had like a treadmill in there and everything, and I could hear him kind of laughing under his breath. I'm in there like chanting, doing some crazy like meditation or something, doing my thing. He'd want me to lay in bed longer, and I just kept telling him, this is really important to me. This is making me better as a person. It's making me better in our relationship, and so now full circle today, in the morning, we get up and we do it together. We sit on our, our balcony, we can see the ocean, you know, he has his Bible, we read a devotional together, I do my journaling, I do my meditation, we talk sometimes, we have an opportunity to have a conversation, but sometimes we're just like, okay, with not talking too, and we're doing it together. But it wasn't because I said, hey, you need to do this, it's going to make you better. It was like, I'm so convicted on what I'm doing, that it's making me better, and he saw it make me better, that he wanted to do it too.
0: I, th- that's kind of how we describe when people are like, well, how do I get my husband or wife to exercise or eat mm-hmm, better? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, you don't mm-hmm. because you're not going to make them do shit. Mm-hmm. At least that's, I don't know how it is at your house. I don't tell my wife to do fucking anything, dude, like ever. Cause it's just, it's not something I want to walk into and I don't have the power to do that. And I don't want to mm-hmm, try to, mm-hmm. it just, it's not worth the battle. So what I'm saying is if you lead from the front Right. And you're doing something that's positive. Like if it is you have a morning practice, if it is you're making better eating choices and drinking choices in your training, your partner will gravitate towards that eventually. I, I have to imagine so. Like Because what you're doing is a positive thing. They're not just going to sit by every day and watch you just get more awesome and just be like, you know what, mm-hmm. fuck it. That seems dumb. Mm -hmm. So the way you went about it is, I mean, there's, there's really no other way you can do it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is cool that obviously now it's a thing like whether you share it together or not, some days, yes, but that is actually how most things tend to end up. So you sent me this too earlier where you just said, and this is a phrase where I actually have a lot of this shit written down. Like you write all these fancy notes. I make shitty, uh, terrible post-its of everything here. And the one, and I didn't plan this either. This has just been here forever because I use it for certain episodes. You sent me a thing where it said, design a life that feels good on the inside versus look good on the outside. And we always do it because we always talk about finance on here a ton where it's like, don't go broke trying to look mm-hmm. rich. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. This is a monetary thing and yours is basically kind of everything. What is like when you're describing that to people like, What is the biggest thing you see or how does it even come up in like conversation? Because a lot of people do it. I think they spend, I don't know if they spend time on it, but they basically try to fabricate a certain, we all do it, right? Like we all have an avatar. Like even for me, like what you see on Instagram is what you see on Instagram. That's what I want you to see of my life. And I try to be as transparent as possible. I'm not going to share like all these fucking shitty days. I'm not trying to depress you, but I'll also be honest about it as well. And as real as it is, it's still curated. Like they're Correct. snapshots of mm-hmm. time. I can't give you everything, nor do you want mm-hmm. to see it. But I also don't try to give you something like, here's me like living a fake life. Like This is really what I do, and this is kind of how I do it, where a lot of people don't do that. Mm-hmm. They're projecting one thing, and they'll, they'll give all the energy for the show when their real life sucks shit. Mm-hmm. And so how do you talk about that, and how does that come about?
1: I think it's just the absolute best like question you can ask yourself when you're making decisions on on anything big things little things am i doing this to look good on the outside or to feel good on the inside um it could be something so small like for example um the other day we we're i was together with a big group of women normally you like get all together you put makeup on you you, you don't know about this but you, but, you look on. good right hold
0: on i'm, I'm married okay um, okay this is a process i don't understand i'm gonna do this <laughs> real quick my wife, and I love her to death. She's a smoke show. She don't need to wear makeup. I don't fucking get it. I don't know who she's doing it for. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's another guy she's trying to get later on. Who knows? Um, it takes me all of about seven seconds to get ready. I put on jeans and t t-shirt. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm a dude. Like, we don't have the same That's things. what my husband
1: does, too. Maybe. Is
0: it... Who is it for? If it's just for you, I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Is it for other women? Is it for other dudes? Like, what is this whole, like... She's in there for... And I love her to death. Heather, you're great. But... Most women tend to do this.
1: Correct. Like, I got to
0: curl my hair. I got to do this, this. I go, and then I can't be anywhere near it, though. It's like, don't fuck with me because I'll mess it up. And I'm like, for who? Like, you already won, dude. You already got me. I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, what is this thing?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It is that comparison that we all have in the back of our head that I talked about, that society pressure to prove ourselves as women, that we can do all the things and be all the things. Yeah. And so when we get around other women, we're actually taught to be in competition with other women. We're not taught to be in community with other women. And so it's it's actually really challenging because you want to, like, put your best face on, so to speak. For another woman. For another woman. That's yeah. fucked up. We're taught to be in competition and not community. Um, so an example of this checking myself the other day, I was like, what, what feels good to me? Like, and I was like, you know what? It feels good if I'm going to put on these damn sweats and it was in, we were in flag stuff. So, you know, it was not 115 and I'm not going to wear makeup today. Everybody else wore makeup. Everybody else did their hair. But I, ha- I had to consciously think about it because I got out my makeup bag like I was gonna put it on just because it was yeah. what I was supposed to be doing to live up to the standard. But I was like, no, that that's what looks good on the outside. But what feels good to me right now because my skin's been freaking dry since I've been here is not to put that bullshit on my face. Yeah. And so I'm not gonna do it. And that seems really silly, but you can compound that over time to build a series of choices in your life that f- actually feel good to you. And when you start making decisions Based on that one idea, does, am I doing this for accolades? Am I doing this so I can be seen? Because it all comes down to we want to be safe, seen, soothed, and secure. And we're going to do whatever we can by whatever means we can do that. And we've all learned our ways to, to do those things. So am I doing this for accolades or am I doing it because it's actually what I want and how, how, what feels good to me on the inside?
0: Say the four again.
1: Oh, safe, seen, soothed, and secure.
0: No, nope, that sounds about right.
1: And, and we all grow up and we all learn ways subconsciously to, to do these things. So a question I like to ask on, on women that I work with is what makes you feel soothed today? And this could really go back to that alcohol uh, alcohol conversation Getting we had. having. Getting fucked up, yeah. Yeah, it makes me feel soothed because I don't have to face what I know that I need to face. There's some bullshit in here that I need to face or something that I just need to numb out on when actually, if you think back, like growing up, what made you feel soothed? What else could you do today to feel soothed? To me, if I feel out of alignment, if I feel like I'm anxious, if I'm overwhelmed, I want to go outside. I want to get in nature and I want to walk and I want to move my body. Movement in nature, like just brings me back to center. And so if everybody can find something that's the opposite of what we've trained ourselves to do, that's that's definitely going to be a good thing.
0: And like, I'll go, I'll ask the question too. like when it's If alcohol tends to be the number one thing or probably is for most people to be soothed, if you will. Does it really do that, though? Like in in the moment, sure. Mm -hmm. But does it really do it? You know what I mean? Or is it Mm -hmm. just like masking the problem?
1: It's just masking it. And you realize it the next day and then you beat yourself up. And then that's the cycle that w- that we want to get out because ultimately it's like a it's like competing hormones in our body too when we're drinking alcohol that push us up and then our body wants to regulate us bring us back to homeostasis and it's just like this this huge imbalance in our body.
0: And then you do it and you have like drinker's remorse basically. Mm-hmm. I think people do it with food too.
1: Mm-hmm. With, um, uh, with I mi- it might be like um, complaining, blaming, like they they get into into conversations and then you start like uh, getting people to co-sign on your like shitty day or your bad story or your bad life or whatever and often that is a false sense of being soothed too like oh my life's so shitty i'm going through this thing let me tell you about it again and you get like a friend to like co-sign on it over and over and over again
0: yeah no i that is a thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm like the worst person to do that with probably i'm more the like It's, well, here's an example I'll give. Um, Dudes do this too. Mm. Like typically um, I don't do this um, because I don't want to hear your bullshit problems. And not that I don't have empathy, but if it's real, I'll listen to it. But most people's problems in this is Scottsdale are full of shit. And I'm not trying to downgrade it. The worst thing you went through today is the worst thing you went through today, whether that's your Porsche flat tire or not. I'm like, it's a real problem for you. Like my dad's age group of people. Uh, you're talking like Midwest, 60-some-year-old dudes. They get together, and all they fucking do is complain. Mm-hmm. But, that's, but that's like their banter. Like mm-hmm. that's their soothing, let's complain about the government, the taxes, mm-hmm. the world, mm-hmm. whatever. And that's there's nothing positive said in 45 minutes. And all they do is just talk shit. But it's just, it's an echo chamber. We're just reaffirming the same shit over and over and mm-hmm. over. And I guess for them, that's like some soothing weird fucked up way mm-hmm. to do it mm-hmm. who knows mm-hmm. they never really get out of the pattern of it so it's always there i don't mm-hmm. think it's helpful but i can see how people do that with drugs and alcohol And if i just say this really fast for me when it's those things i get it in the moment but you're not thinking clearly though like whether again i'm as i'm a fan of drugs and shit as much as the next guy dude like i get it it's fun i go but i don't think clearly and I'm, for me, if it's a place in my life where now it's like, I want my brain to be thinking clear all the time. Mm-hmm. And when it's not like, it sounds good. I'll like, let me get, you know, shit faced or let me get high. It almost takes me to a worse place because mm-hmm. now all I do is I'm consciously like snapping out of it under the influence. And now I'm thinking about my problems, except it's just heightened. And now it's a hundred times worse. Yep. So now it makes being on drugs or like alcohol way fucking worse. Mm-hmm. And that's where now I live now. So there isn't it's not an escape it actually makes the problem worse and I think a lot of people that tends to start happening whether you're conscious of it or not mm-hmm. so you're not really I guess ever soothed at that point
1: right I'm gonna put another plug-in for that alcohol experiment book the alcohol experiments like a 30day reader it's, it go- an, it's it, an audible too I, I'm sure it is I, I'm a book you're are you audible you're not a like paper book reader
0: <sighs> bro you got to be smart for that I'm a dummy yeah oh, audible no. helps it depends what? honestly it depends if it's um actionable things like yeah I like to see it because like we'll do like even like, like Heather and I will get a lot of stuff where you can fill it out mm-hmm. like the workbooks like half mm-hmm. the shit that I read now honestly um, and I went through all a personal development stuff I like a lot of it there's things you can take from everything honestly even if you think like a conference is bullshit if I'm sitting there and I'm like if I can find one or two things I can take and use to help me and then the people I serve like I'll do it um, but a lot of these are just Basically, I don't want to say mindfulness books, that's that's not correct, but just some of them are, or just like psychology books in general, where it's just constant self-questioning about behaviors of what we do, mm-hmm. where I can like write down my own bullshit in them and then kind of look back on it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah, it's audible for the most yeah. part. So
1: this has an opportunity to do that at the end of each short chapter that you I like that. read each day. So it would need to be... The other thing I like about paper books is you can... I'm sure you can re-listen, but they're on my shelf. I can go and I can reread it. And at a different time in my life, I'm going to get something different from it.
0: Yeah. Well, it's crazy. Um, I had, uh, uh, you know, uh, John Berardi, Precision Nutrition. Mm-hmm. He's a dude who started it, uh, Genius. He's into booked uh, gifting all the time. So when he gets Mm -hmm. a book, he reads it, and he gives it away. I like that idea. Which I'm a fan of that, too. So I've been starting to do that with some things, too. But then there's Mm -hmm. some I like to just, well, I've written all over them. Mm -hmm. People don't need to see my shit. They have their own problems when they get to them.
1: I like that gifting idea. I've been gifting uh, tickets to... Uh, events this year in person events that's been super fun I like that yeah yeah because that's a way that someone can get out of their environment like what we talked about they're in the same environment out of their environment get their mind expanded be around other people that are doing something similar or doing something that they want to be doing and then hopefully leave and take action so it actually changes their life versus me like just giving them you know a tangible something
0: no, I do. I Well, honestly, that's how I went to, um, whether people like Tony Robbins or not, mm-hmm. um, that's how I went to Unleash the Power Within. I had a doctor here who worked for the Mayo Clinic. Um, he had like the like the $5,000 tickets, couldn't go. And he's like, here you go, bro. And I just showed nice. up. I went to it. It was in Chicago. So yeah, yeah, it was different.
1: I haven't been to any of those. You know, uh, I met you for the first time at an event yeah. a long time ago.
0: Um, James's, uh-huh. right? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't even remember what I talked about.
1: I don't recall what you talked about I don't either. either. But um, yeah, you were there. <laughs> yeah. Talking
0: shit, I'm sure. Nothing's really changed. It's the same thing. It's the same (laughs) message. The audience is bigger. That's the only difference.
1: But also for other people, though, like this is how you make connections and this is how you build community and this is how you get yourself around other people that are doing cool shit that are aligned with you. Like, I just want to give you a shout out for what you do and the work that you do. It's clear. It's simple. It's direct. And it's no BS. And you're authentically you every single time, every single time I've ever met you, ever heard you talk, ever, ever spoke to you. And you don't complicate things. Because guess what? Life's pretty simple and we just complicate it too much. And you do such an amazing job about keeping it simple. And you can tell that you have a true heart and you just genuinely support people, even though you might be introverted and might not have a lot of in-depth conversations. But Uh, yes, thank you. You're Uh, here. Yeah. And I feel that. And I can see that.
0: Yeah. I'm not. um, I mean, if I could do it better, but this is, I mean, to me, that's not work then. Like if you just show up and be your, what I'll tell anybody is for this, obviously this life. I don't know how else to do it. Like I could do it differently. Well, people are like, well, if you talk, if I talked a different way, it'd be a different audience. Then those are not my people. Mm-hmm. Like that's not my thing. No, I and, love how you do it. Yeah. I think it's great. If I feel like I have to come to work, then like, then I might as well just go yeah. work for fucking somebody else. Last dude.
1: November when I brought my crew, my retreat ladies here oh, yeah, yeah. It, and we worked out, they still talk about that. They still talk about how wonderful you are and they just loved like everything about you, everything about the workout and they're into it. They want to come back.
0: Oh yeah. And you, where did you guys stay at?
1: Uh McDowell Mountains, Marriott at McDowell Mountains. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good actually spot. really great. Yeah. The thing that made it, guess what the thing was that made it? The people that work there. Like hands down, the best staff, the best treatment that I've ever had at any place that I've held one of my retreats.
0: No shit. hmm I haven't been over there in years. Mm-hmm. It's so close. hmm That's a good spot. You
1: should go over there. there's like a nice little patio like at nighttime and there are pools yeah. in the
0: back and then they mm-hmm. have is it a, is it a golf there's course. There's a golf course it? back there. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's mm-hmm. not a bad spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. And those were like that's the same kind of event you always do, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah, or like, similar. Yeah,
1: similar. So it's a it's a retreat for women to get away. We talk about mindset. We talk about self love. But we also do experiences and do things that maybe gets them out of their comfort zone a little bit. The next one's coming up in Tulum, um, October eighth through eleventh. So I think we have like six tickets left for it. In Mexico. In Mexico, yeah. And it's exclusive and it's all inclusive. So all you have to do is get yourself to the Cancun airport. We pick you up from the hotel. We have all the all the arrangements. You have a beachfront accommodation. You have all the food. Um, everything's healthy. You get to be connected with other, these women that I'm talking about they are doing cool shit. So.
0: And Tulum's like the, that's like the hot spot now.
1: Tulum's the hot spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: My wife's talked about it a couple of times. There's like some properties there she has shown me before. It mm-hmm. looks cool for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. We finally went for the first time this January, um, because that's how we ended up in Miami Beach, which is wonderful that we didn't get to go to Tulum the first time, because I love Miami.
0: Yeah. And so you guys organize all this stuff, like yourself? Mm -hmm. Like, just you and your husband, or just you?
1: Oh, no, me. I have a team that I work with. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, it seems like a lot of work, Mm -hmm. too.
0: I dig that. Um, I'll ask you a couple more of these before I let you go. Let's do... When you guys are... You have these guys in these groups, when you talk about stuff... um, you talk like personal accountability a lot with people? No. Or just like ownership mm-hmm. of shit. Mm-hmm. And, I, and the reason I ask is because I'm like so much of stuff is tied to, um, we've all talked about like a story, right? And mm-hmm. you mentioned a little bit already, like we have these thoughts or like this is who I'm who I am, this is what I'm supposed to do. And obviously your thoughts are your thoughts for a reason. You think they're correct. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we don't even identify like where they came from. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I, and I have them too. And some of them I'm like, and to be honest, like some of them are bullshit. Like I just, Sam on here, like is comic relief basically. Like, do I really think I'm super stupid? No. Am I a fucking genius? No. There's somewhere in between, you know, you can judge right. wherever that is. But some people believe that where mm-hmm. some teacher told them like, Hey man, you're fucking mm-hmm. stupid. Or, you know, some girl had a boyfriend. He's like, you're fat, you're ugly. And whether they, you know, say it didn't matter or not. Some people like hold on to that and they adopted that. Do you guys like talk about that? Like, and say, "Hey, like, do we know when this started or when the root was, or why do you have this belief?"
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll talk about what the root was if they can figure it out. Like, what is your memory that that you can remember around that? Um, and sometimes they're not able to remember, so it's like that's okay. Like, we don't have to know the the what or the why because we're gonna spend all the time trying to figure it out. Let's yeah. just figure out like what is the truth right now. Like, what is our truth? And I like the the questions from. Um, Let's see, who does it? I think it's Brene Brown, where she talks about like, if you have a thought and it's not like your best self thought, right? Um, I'm ugly, I'm stupid, I'm fat, I can't do it, Um, judging yourself, whatever. You just ask yourself, um, is this true? And then oftentimes you might still be bought into the story. Like, and then you want to say, like, how do I know that it's true? And then you're digging even deeper into it. Well, I know I'm not stupid like I'm smart like I have a multi-million dollar business like I'm pretty smart and I'm a good person I have a great relationship okay well who would I be without this thought and how would I act? And so then you're getting to changing your behavior. Is this thought true? How do I know that it's true? And who would I be without it? So you could see without this thought, oh, well, maybe I would be able to get to this next level. Maybe I would be able to make this change. Maybe I would be able to not drink this alcohol. Maybe I would be able to do the workout. Maybe I would be able to. And so then you're actually consciously stopping the thought pattern. But what happens most of the time is we're not stopping any of the thought patterns because we're too rushed. We don't have any white space in our day. We we don't even have time to think. That's one of the reasons why I put together in-person workshops and retreats and things because you're going to get time to think about your shit.
0: Well, and I think with those two, this is the whole, my. and again, I love the internet. I can't say it enough, even though I hate it in a million ways too. It's changed my life fundamentally where I can never like probably go back to what it used to be because mm-hmm. there's so many things we can do and the tools and I'm mm-hmm. thankful for them. Agreed. But and again, I always say like what's real and what's not real, right? Like when more people will know me by talking on here and watching me on Instagram than I'll ever fucking meet in real life. It's just mm-hmm. a numbers game, right? Mm-hmm. And so like is that more real or is this more real? Now I'm like in some Matrix type shit, right? Like well, if I'm serious though, like where it trips mm-hmm. me out. And I worry for kids now who grow up where, you know, Instagram is their reality. A filters, their fucking makeup. Like that matters to them more than like this shit. And I'm old school, so I grew up without it, and I came up even when I started doing this, like this wasn't a thing, right? And so I have that that kind of conversation and question where we start to get wrapped up in like what you know what matters, what doesn't matter, like what's important, and what are we trying to do? And I guess what I'm saying is like we we create these images like of ourselves to present like to the world from everything we do. Like when you start to really question, like why do you cut your hair the way you cut your hair? Mm-hmm. Why do you wear those clothes versus those clothes? Like, why do we like the things we like? Like, that shit drives me fucking nuts. Like, where for me, if I drive a Mercedes or a Honda, it doesn't fucking matter. It's just an emblem. The car gets me from point A to point B. But some people have this just belief in like, well, this is what I have to do. This is why I'm doing it. And like, we don't even know why we're doing the things we do. And if you take me, for example, I got in a certain level of shape. And this is just how this is how I got to be. There's something there, you know, right? Like it's body armor for something who knows what. Like I think a lot of people in fitness probably have that too, like mm-hmm. where well, if I'm super fit and I suck at everything else, at least I'm super fit, so fuck it, my life will still be good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of us do that. And I don't think and I guess to your point like we are so busy we don't stop to even like question it. We just get in a track and this is the track and this is how it's going to be. So I guess the takeaway is like you need to slow down Mm -hmm. at some point
1: yeah slowing down is, is so important creating that white space to think just to analyze yourself analyze your actions um and even in your relationship like how you're responding in your relationship oftentimes the thing that you want your partner to do is you need to check yourself first and clean up your side of the street because if you want them to do it you're probably not doing it yourself so you need to start fucking doing it like you just need to you just need to have that time to think about yourself life is about growth and opportunity and curiosity and possibility and oftentimes we're not even in that cuz we're so rushed we're just we're just so busy
0: when i think you attract like what you know, you'll find your people, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what you gravitate towards. And that's what gravitates towards you. And if I thought about it today, like, how do you meet people? Well, if you make yourself awesome, whatever that means for you, like, you're going to find other people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the, the takeaway for a lot of stuff where if it is, you know, if it's career or social life or whatever, how do you get in these circles? Well, you don't just get invited to the circle like you become this person and it just it works out that way Mm -hmm. if i look at like career wise like all the people i'm friends with from like the the david jacks the world the bj good all these guys like i just had to become that first before i was even like around you know what i mean And a lot of times we just think like well how is it going to happen i'm like again i always go back to the happiness is inside job everything fucking is Mm -hmm. and you have to be willing to like look in the mirror i guess and be like you know what maybe I'm not great at these couple things, but I can be better. And that's a hard thing for people to do. Because if nobody wants to hear, I suck at this, or I could improve at these things, a lot of people don't like the criticism. It's a tough place to be, especially I think and maybe you see this too, the older you get, the harder it is because we're solidified. Well, this is who I am. This is how it's going to be. I'm never going to change. And I think that's a really shitty mentality. Yet I think we adopt it. At a way too young of an age yeah
1: i think two things go into that is one fear of uncertainty and two is the i want it now
0: what's i mean we're all guilty of it right Mm -hmm. like
1: and if it's not if i don't get it now then oh it's not for me that's not right i'm i'm not good at that but we all know that it takes patience it takes practice it takes time in order to develop something great to have something great
0: well, if you look at probably everything in your life, you sucked at everything when you started. Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. rode a bike the first time, you're mm-hmm. fucking terrible and you mm-hmm. you figure that out. Driving mm-hmm. a car, mm-hmm. you name mm-hmm. it. Uh I think the internet and just the world we live in, we've done a disservice to ourselves in that where I'm um, as patient as it comes, probably even painfully to my wife for, for certain things, but I was never great at anything naturally. So I had to die to, for everything to kind of happen and I'm okay with that. And that's kind of how I look at it, except like Amazon has fucked me up in a way. Cause I'm like, dude, if I order something and that shit's not here in two days, like what the fuck's taking so long. Right. So we all do it. I just don't do it with like important things, but I'll do it with little stuff. And sometimes I guess what I'm saying is if you're going to make a major life change, it's not going to happen in two weeks. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's an evolution. And the point I'm driving in is we get so wrapped up in like the end result. Like that's what we focus on. And what people don't, I guess, and if you've lost a hundred pounds, if you've gotten yourself out of debt or whatever the, the goal is, that journey was everything. That was the whole fucking game. That's the part that changed you. That Without all that struggle and all, all that work, like the end result never would have came, but we're always focused on just this. When you're missing Playing the game is everything. Right. And when
1: it doesn't come fast enough, then we give
0: up. But you have to play all Mm -hmm. four fucking quarters. Mm -hmm. And people want to quit like halfway through the first quarter. And I guess that's the takeaway. I'm not trying to preach to the choir here. But Mm -hmm. for you guys listening, like if you're doing something, even the shitty stuff and the work that sucks and feels like all that stuff is part of it. Mm -hmm. And without that, none of the other stuff even happens.
1: Right. We just did, uh, as part of the mastermind, we did this extreme adventure ropes course in Flagstaff. Have you ever been there? I've done it. Okay.
0: It's fucking awesome. Yeah. You do the whole thing? I do the whole thing. It's, uh, first of all, you know the very, it's towards the very end. It's super high and you basically kind of have to hand shimmy across.
1: Mm, Yeah. I
0: had a a lady quit um, who was in front of me. They had to go up and like rescue her. She just punted it like halfway through and go, lady. If that thing breaks, you're going to drop dead. (laughs) Like, you won't, obviously, but it's fun. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it was super fun. And um, I committed to myself. I said, are we doing – you know, it was going on forever. So I asked kind of the leader, like, are we supposed – are we going through the whole thing? We got time for that? Oh, yeah, yeah, we got time for that. So I made the commitment to myself that I was doing the whole thing. Mistakenly, Did like, I had, like, a turkey jerky stick or something before we went.
0: (laughs) It takes a long time.
1: Yeah, so it took – I feel like it took, like, three hours. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. No, because you got to
0: crawl through, like – Tubes and shit. You're up and down, you unclip, clip. clip. It's fun.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It it, it's super fun. So out of our whole group, myself and then one other one other woman like made it. And they told us like twenty percent of people make it through. But I made a commitment and I knew that I wasn't physically exhausted. Like my physical body could do it, but my mental state was telling me, Oh, I'm kinda you know, I should just stop. Like everybody else is stopping. But it was just like pushing through and playing till the final buzzer. And when we did that, that was the best feeling ever because i like kept that commitment to myself so how can we keep our commitments to ourselves more often what are small commitments that we can make to ourselves each and every day whether it's like i'm going to make water my primary beverage and drink two of these big ass water bottles every day i'm going to make sure that i sit down and i have a conversation with my husband or my wife or my kids and i'm going to be fully present and listen to them and keep those commitments day after day after day after day because when you build and keep commitments to yourself, then you build confidence. It starts building trust in yourself. Most of us don't believe in ourselves. We don't trust ourselves. So if we can start keeping small commitments, it's going to be like a catalyst to doing other things in your life, like going out and meeting new people. That starting small. And something that you said before was about how we're like judging ourselves and I always just want to say like step back from judgment and just be a witness like look at it like you're just looking at your life okay that happened like what can you take from it what's the lesson what do you want to do differently maybe you want to fucking do something the same and then just like keep going throughout life instead of being so hard on ourselves all the time just all that pressure just creates so much shitty feelings and you don't feel good
0: <laughs> well I think for me it's there's no Like I do the same, what you describe as I do it every day with probably, I mean, I'm sure it's more than like five things, but like just there's a handful of things that are just non-negotiable.
1: What are your non-negotiables?
0: Like I get up at 3.50 every day.
1: No, you fucking don't. What time do you go to bed?
0: Um, usually like eight ish, so maybe nine ish sometimes.
1: Okay. So I want to tell the women out there, like men can usually operate on that, but women need more sleep than that. So just sharing that. Yeah. Well, men are, or women are not little men.
0: <laughs> no. And the uh, genetics too. Like mm-hmm. some people right. it's mm-hmm. better. Um, but for me, it's like then there's no room to fuck around. Like there's got I signed it. a contract, like I am not gonna negotiate. Okay, like got it. and I'm I'm i like gonna be active every day. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna exercise every day no matter what. Like mm-hmm. for me. Like I'm always gonna drink like at least like two hundred ounces of water. Like there's certain things mm-hmm. I just will never not do. And when I go home, like for me, like I don't I don't use my phone like when we go to sleep. Like mm-hmm. anytime. Mm-hmm. It's in another room. Mm-hmm. It goes I in the bathroom, that. it plugs in, I go and when I'm at home, honestly, in this you know, I'll do once in a while Instagram shit just to humanize me a little bit being transparent here for people Mm -hmm. um so I don't look like just a fucking robot even though I'm pretty close um because I want to be there do you
1: eat the same food every day
0: close yeah most days I mean it's a variation yeah a
1: variation of protein fat and vegetables yeah basically Mm, yeah like it's like
0: well I had like if I'm like (laughs) I'm thinking I'm like well no I don't eat the same thing every day I'm like I had a ribeye this day. In like a New York strip this day, Mm -hmm. but I'm like still red meat. It's the same shit. But when I'm there, had broccoli one
1: day and asparagus. It's basically the same shit. Yeah, Yeah. or it's like
0: a potato, but it's just Mm -hmm. three different different kinds. Yeah, Yeah, right. Um, I just, for me, it's easier if I can eliminate choices. Then my brain is free Mm -hmm. to do what it needs to do. Because I know the things that will fuck me up. And if I can't think this way, I can't talk this way. I can't Mm -hmm. be there for other people. So if I can just wear the same black pants every day it's just easier but my point was when I'm home I'm there Mm -hmm. I need to be there so that's Mm -hmm. one of my non-negotiables is like you know people like well let's say hey I work a lot I'm not around as much I go yeah but if you're home for six hours and you're playing fucking video games or watching football you're not really there anyway like if I'm actually there talking with my wife I'm actually there if I'm with my friends I'm not here worried about this I'm like that stuff's done I'm actually there so there's certain things I'll always do what I'm saying is people tend not to have non-negotiables they just have kind of general loose Mm -hmm. outlines and then in the moment they're willing to sell themselves on why that it's okay right now and we can all do that dude I can go to the grocery store when I leave here and be like well you know what fuck it I can have some cinnamon rolls right now because like it's fine I go but I've made a commitment today that that this is not the thing for me Mm -hmm. or like I'm not going to have drinks today yet you'll get home and you're like well in the moment I'll sell myself on why it's okay Mm -hmm. and then you can have had this amazing day and then fucked it up in like five minutes mm-hmm. and you can always come back from it sure i go but if you keep losing those battles and you always sell yourself on the wrong reason and you're always willing to negotiate i can promise you you'll always negotiate the easier route
1: yep 100 percent then the harder route. and what if we challenged ourselves every day like how can i make things like i usually would say as it goes to like scheduling and creating white space we want things to be more convenient for us right like we might like have someone do our laundry or clean our house but in our everyday and operating, like how could we make things not as easy? Because we're always looking for things to, to be easy. And going back to your non-negotiables, I love what you said about wearing the same thing. I do that shit at home too. It's like because we get to a level of decision fatigue. And that goes back to protecting our energy. So how can we make decisions similar each day where we actually don't have to decide? I have similar non-negotiables, morning routine, water, nourish my body, movement every day, Uh Joel, my husband and I, we have dinner no matter what time together every day as an opportunity to connect. We celebrate our day, what we're proud of. We talk about how we can support each other for the next day. And it's just something we do each and every day as a commitment to each other. So all those things together are tied into what my deepest priorities are.
0: That makes sense. I think if you don't, if you don't do that, you can still be like successful doing it, Mm -hmm. but the odds are less likely mm-hmm. and like little shit, right? Like you kiss your husband or wife before you go to sleep mm-hmm. or whatever your fucking thing is. Cause if you don't all of a sudden you'll go through it and like, wow, we didn't share any moments, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we're, you're living together, but like you're just, I don't want to say you're like just roommates, but you're kind of just, you're just roommates at you that, have point. that
1: superficial conversation. How was your day? Oh good. How was your day? What should we do with kids? What should we have for dinner? All right. Or what do you want to do this weekend? Okay. Good night. What do you want to watch on TV? Well, we'll stare at the TV for a while,
0: and then half the time you're on your phone. Uh-huh, right. Like I right, fucking hate that shit. Right. Yeah. It's a weird thing, man. It's just the point is like you're making these conscious decisions every day, and everybody gets so busy, we just don't.
1: So I heard something the other day, and it, and it really stuck with me. I've uh, over the last like four years, I've really focused on developing my own like spiritual relationships, spiritual relationship, my own understanding. I pray every day, and um, it's just been wonderful. And I heard this and it's, you're not like eating good, not doing the morning routine, not working out to look a certain way or be a certain way. It's because you have this purpose and this calling on your life and you wanna keep up with that. And that's where I wanna be. I wanna be up here with this purpose and this calling that I have on my life. And if I don't do these things every day, then I'm not gonna be able to do that. And I I just love that. It's a different way to look at it because it takes you completely outside of that question. Am I doing this because it feels good to me or how it looks on the outside? It just washes away like that whole complete thing. It doesn't look, you know, it doesn't have to look good on the outside. This is what feels good to me. This is what I inherently know. Those are the gifts that are put inside me and I'm being called to use them and I'm not going to be able to do that to my fullest capacity if I don't take care of myself.
0: And that's, I guess I don't, I think there's some people who don't feel that at all. Mm -hmm. Like, each day. And that's, I don't know how, if I could pull out what's inside of me and give it to somebody, I would fucking do it. Because mm-hmm. they like, well, how can I wake up every day so early? Well, I'm fucking lunatic for one. But two, I'm like, I feel that I have so many things to do. And not in a way where I'm like, it's a to-do list. Mm-hmm. I want to do them. Mm-hmm. And I need as much fucking time to be awake because I'm not that smart. And it'll take me way longer than a normal person. And that's kind of how I look at it. But I feel that though. Like, if I'm an apple tree, I'm here to make fucking apples, dude. Like, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. But I feel that's why I do a lot of the things I do. And I hope other people feel the same. The biggest, and this is just me just sharing openly quick, my biggest problem is, like, how do I spend my time? Like, what am I supposed to spend it doing? Mm -hmm. Like, do I do this? Because I know this thing will make the most money, and it will help a lot of people in one way. But if I do this, this will really help this person. So, but it won't make as much money and it only helps this one person, but not all these other people. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. scaling, right? Mm-hmm. If that's the thing. So like, what's the best use of my time? And like, do, do these people really need it or does this person really need it? And then each day it's going to be obviously mm-hmm. different. So those are the like these internal conversations. But either way, like I know the direction. Mm-hmm. It's just where do you put all the focus on? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I think, just wake up every day and they're like, well, I'm going to go to my job because, well, I sell insurance or I'm a financial advisor and this is what I do. And I just clock in, I clock out and I get money. and, And that's fine, too, if you're happy. I just don't think a lot of people are happy if you don't have a purpose. I think everybody needs one.
1: And if someone's not happy in their current position and they do want to do something different and they're not really sure what that is and they're exploring it, why not wake up every day and go to their insurance job and see how they can be the best fucking insurance agent ever and serve the most and make the most people happy? Like, help provide that you know safe scene soothe and secure help provide that safety by providing insurance and life insurance and whatever and when you bring that energy to a job that you're doing that maybe isn't even something that you love or that you want to stay in forever then opportunities are going to come to you but if you show up every single day with that negativity that sucks I fucking hate it I'm just going to clock in you're just going to get more of the same and you're just going to be on that hamster wheel like a year from now you're going to be in the exact same place so show up every day with more of a positivity and air of I'm doing this today because it's giving me an opportunity and being the catalyst to the next thing that I'm going to do it's affording me an opportunity to save the money to go to the event to do the course to you know build the business on the side or whatever like it's helping me do that so I should show up and be my best every day because why the fuck not like be the one to show the world how great life is even if you're changing or making a growth because you can have a life where it's both and it doesn't have to be either or
0: that's, um, I mean, that's the only way I guess you can. I don't, I say insurance. I got a guy here, he does sell insurance, but he fuck, he's fucking a lunatic. He's been on the, <laughs> the podcast before. Uh, he like, he has his face in his own t-shirts. He's, he's a fucking out there. Um, shout out to Dave DiLorenzo. He's here every Sunday. He's, and he's nuts.
1: I love him. I kind of want one of the t-shirts.
0: Oh, d Let's get a shirt. I'll, I'll send you one. But he like he's the best. He does all the bars and restaurants like in the valley. Mm, I love it. Um, but doesn't drink alcohol and rarely eats at the restaurants. Kind of weird. Because mm-hmm. um, he's a super healthy dude. Mm-hmm. But he loves he I don't know if he loves insurance, but he's the best fucking guy. And he's the only guy I think about when I think of insurance because mm-hmm. he does it in a way that kind of fits him. But even for him, if the end game is something else, he's doing that exact thing. Mm-hmm. Now I worked a job one time and I fucking hated it and I wasn't not the high energy guy and I didn't think I was Mm -hmm. the best there I go, but I knew it was a means to an end. So I showed up and did enough to where like they wouldn't fire me and I could still get the money so I could build the next thing. But Mm -hmm. I do like the way that you phrased it because if you're going to do it anyway, you might as well just, because the way I guess I look at it, your name's attached to it Mm -hmm. no matter what it is. And those Mm -hmm. people will know you Mm -hmm. no matter what, whether you're the insurance guy forever or the real estate person or whatever you, you name it. But
1: And if you're showing up in that capacity, I always like to say, you never know who you're who you're inspiring. If you're showing up and being authentically you and what's important to you and really going for it. For example, this mastermind I was just at, um, they provided all the meals, but that didn't really fit into how I like to eat, how I like to feel. And instead of looking good on the outside and eating what everybody else is eating, I brought my own food. And it's like this huge trough of food and everybody's eating these little plates of whatever, you know, whatever they're eating. Yeah. And I'm sitting there eating all my vegetables, my salad, my meat and avocado and all the things. And on the way back, on the way over here, actually, a couple of the women were like, you know what? Thank you for doing that. Because that really gave us the permission to do that too. And it really inspired me to look at the things that I'm eating and... Move them forward with their health, with their nutrition, with their life, with their business. But I wasn't doing it for them. I was doing it because that's what feel good, feels good to me. But you never know who you're inspiring.
0: That is a weird thing, too, where people feel like they have to eat whatever's there.
1: It is. Yeah. I don't go, I bring purse food. My friends all know, like, we'll go, I'll go eat wherever, whatever. And if I'll look at the menu beforehand, if they don't have something, I still go. But I just bring the food in my purse and add it to like some random green salad that I get and pay for.
0: I mean that, and again, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's crazy, but you know, people listening are like, this lady's a fucking psychopath. Right. But But
1: again, like if I don't take care of myself and going back to what I said about like, I have, you know, I have multiple sclerosis, so I need to eat an anti-inflammatory diet. And that's important to me because I want to walk, talk, or see tomorrow. And so kind of important, kind of important things, important, but everybody, I shouldn't even have to say that though. Everybody should want to take care of their body, no matter if they have, you know, any, any ailment or not, you know, like why, why not?
0: Well, to me, it shouldn't be like, you know, you go to somebody's house, you're not going to eat that. I'm like, mm, I don't want to eat your shitty food. No. Like, I don't say it that way, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I, this is not part of what I do. And mm-hmm. it's, and if, I guess now when I do it, like people don't give a shit, mm-hmm. but for a long time it was like, well, this is, you're being rude. I'm like, well, if it doesn't fit what I'm doing, like well, I'm going to appease you in this 30 minute window and then feel like shit for two days. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it.
1: I did actually though. I just visited my parents in Oregon and my mom had a knee replacement. So we... Uh, Joel and I flew out, uh, to help, to help out. And my dad has never cooked a meal really in his life, except for like this thing called dinner in a bucket, which Mm. is what it sounds like. Sounds healthy. Yeah. Mm -mm. It's like whatever noodles are in the cupboard, whatever ground meat is in there, whatever can of cream of whatever, whatever canned vegetables are in there. He made it. And I had, and I did have a small serving on it for nostalgia reasons. But interestingly enough, now he actually cooks and he cooks almost all the meals and he's having fun doing it and with the Traeger and stuff. And he's never, you know, it's been traditional. So anyway, yeah. no, that was a random thought. I did di- I did eat that, but...
0: It's more yeah. for like a scientific reason yeah. to see what dinner in a bucket...
1: Dinner in a bucket. It
0: doesn't sound legit. It sounds like something like an older dude would make.
1: Yeah, dinner in a bucket. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty fancy.
0: Yeah, it sounds actually... <laughs> frightening and terrible at the <laughs> uh-huh. same time
1: the the hardest one for me is when someone says oh i made this for you it's so healthy that's <sighs> do you ever get that and yeah, you're like you're people, like oh uh that yeah
0: people drop off shit here um all the time super nice mm-hmm. sometimes i'll try it mm-hmm. sometimes not so much food is a weird thing like it's the same thing with the drinks it's drink push pushing and food pushing and we have a weird like connection to it like, this is the thing. That's why I'm not a fan of, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a control freak. So I control everything in my environment. And I'm like, I'm not going to go there or I'm not going to eat that. Or I'll show up places and just like drink coffee. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm fine with that too. Like, I don't feel weird. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make people feel strange. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like that. But at the same note, it's their shit. Mm-hmm. Like, if, and again, it's weird when you're in fitness, I'll let you go after this, but this is a fitness thing. And you, I'm sure you live through it too, doing nutrition stuff. As soon as people know, it's one of my, my things I dread, not only like talking to people in public, obviously, but when we go somewhere and, oh, what do you do? Like, I don't know what to say what I do anymore because it's not just like fitness, mm-hmm. but that's what you know me as, right? So, oh, I'm in fitness. Oh, man. You know, and then they'll eat something in front of me. I bet you'd never eat that. And then they'll have this whole conversation like, I give a fuck like what you're really eating. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean it in a negative way. I just personally don't give a mm-hmm. shit. It's painful um, to hear and watch like because people think that like I would care Mm -hmm. or they feel guilty about it. And then if I'm not eating, but they're eating shit and I'm clearly in a certain level of shape and they're not in a certain level of shape, then they feel like I'm judging. And I'm not. I do not Mm -hmm. care whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And that's a weird place to be in, too. So now I look like a real asshole. Well, he's just sitting there drinking coffee. and That dude never fucking eats in front of us and he's shredded. Well, what are we going to do? And I'm like, you just do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. But it's a weird dynamic.
1: I had that in the car today. We stopped to go to the bathroom on the on the way here. Big, big group of us in this big SUV, and everybody gets snacks. So it's like some Sh- corn nuts, shit, w- whatever. It's a gas right? station, dude. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Oh, well, you know," because Carmen was in the car. I was like, "You guys, I don't care." And so one of the other girls said, "You know, yeah, Carmen does not judging us. She doesn't care." And they go, "Well, <laughs> what's your favorite snack? You know, what would you recommend for snacks?" So I am like, fuck, do I give some answer that's, like, not really my answer? And so, no, I just give them the answer. Like, I don't eat snacks. I don't recommend anybody eat snacks.
0: (laughs) And they're like, God, you're a psychopath, dude.
1: Like, You need to, like, nourish yourself and sit down and have time to have, like, meals during the day that actually nourish your body and keep you satiated, which is just keep you full and happy. Yeah. You know, and then you give your your immune system or your digestive system time to, you know, be regulated. I said Nabisco wants you to buy snacks, but... We don't actually need need snacks, and they're like, oh, I hate you even more. They don't really, but <laughs> it's
0: uh, well, it just becomes like a that those become patterns, right? Where uh-huh. are you really hungry? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how long. What's the car ride? Two hours?
1: I think like two and a half hours.
0: Like again, I'm not. I don't sound right. judgmental mm-hmm. here to anybody, but I've been at the airport, and I, again, I don't know where people are coming from. I don't know what's going on, but I've been there at like two o'clock on a Tuesday. And seeing a dude sitting there with the full pizza on his lap in a giant fucking sangria. And that sounds dope, man, on a Tuesday at 2. No, maybe he got off an international flight and he hasn't eaten in two days. That could be the case. Doubtful, but maybe. What does the rest of his day look like? Like, does it get better after that? Mm. Like, what I'm saying is, like, mm-hmm. BJ Godur and I talk a lot. Like, what's the worst thing you can do in the morning? Like, eat a giant stack of pancakes. Just because, like, does the rest of the day get better? Like, if you wake up and you start day mm-hmm. drinking at 10... Are you fucking eating salmon and asparagus at five o'clock that night for dinner? Hell no. Probably not. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, it's a weird thing. Where my point is if you're in the car, if you're in the car for 10 hours, maybe you're going to stop and eat or you you prep some food. But, like, did we really need to eat chips mm-hmm. for the two hours we're ri- Like, was that mm-hmm. net? Like, how much energy did we expend sitting on our ass riding in a car? Mm. Like, I needed the fuel from those fucking Doritos to, to really get me through the car ride. Mm. Like, that's just boredom. Mm-hmm. Or just mm-hmm. a learned pattern for the it's most part. It's a learned
1: part. pattern, yeah. You know, the food industry is not our friend, so.
0: Not too. They're geniuses. Yeah, they are. Yeah. It's a, it's impressive to mm-hmm. watch. It's sad, but it's impressive from a a psychology and a business standpoint mm-hmm. to watch sure. what's going on. For sure. So, it's. I just thought it was interesting. And I'm sure you see it just as much as I do where nobody cares, but people do feel weird about it. And the, the habits, again, those are another habits you just get into. Mm-hmm. And you don't stop and audit like, why did I really need to grab that then? Mm -hmm. is that something i need to do which is weird Mm -hmm. like most things Mm -hmm. okay i'm gonna pee my pants when um (laughs) where do these guys did i ask you what did i forget you're um
1: you know what i'd like to do i'd like to uh give away one of my journals yes
0: what was the permission slip thing is that the event
1: yeah so my event is the permission slip retreat that sounds
0: to me like um do you remember that movie hall pass Pass, no. Yeah, where like the guys get a pass to she on their wives and then they go hook up with all these weird people. Owen Wilson's in it. Ooh. It's super funny, yeah. Hmm. There's a lot of really gross I'm gonna I can't say the gross shit on here. Uh but that's what it is. Like and then they do it and then they like they feel bad about it. The one guy like fake does it. Mm. And then feel, and I think Christina Applegate's in it I've mm, never um,
1: seen it before
0: But yeah when you say permission slip I'm like oh this is like some really so uh, weird it, swingers thing you're it doing
1: n- It's not a weird swingers thing It's, it's all women I mean I guess I could get weird But yeah. um, we, we could think of something For sure um, But it's for the women to start writing their own permission slip to live the life that they want to live, live the life that they dream of, not, not the life of someone else. And we give them the tools and the opportunities to experience things in that way, in a capacity that will totally change their life and transform them if they allow it, and go home and take action. So that's in Tulum, uh, October 8th through the 11th. Uh, if someone wants one of those journals, tag us, post, post this podcast on Instagram. Tag both of us and with your takeaway, and we'll pick one giveaway journal. Maybe, maybe a couple journals. Yeah, so. I'll put
0: it. um What I'll do is I'll find the, I'll grab the name from you. Either I'll stick it mm-hmm. in the show notes, or what I'll do is when this goes to the newsletter, I'll pump it out on the list, mm-hmm. and then I'll have people just if they want to buy it, they can just buy it, and if you want to raffle it, I'm like, go have them reply.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, follow me on Instagram at Carmen I actually talk to people in the DMs. So I use social media as a way to huh. co- as a way to communicate. So do I. As a way to communicate with people. I was not implying that, that you do not. But how we were talking about people using s- social do media. Do you know
0: the one thing that people do say is that's like the, go, holy shit. I can't believe you replied to me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this is like an email. Is it? I mean, that's all like email now at this point. Mm-hmm. Like we I'd probably spend an hour a day. Mm -hmm. And it's terrible. Um, I'm super thankful you guys. Thank you for sending messages. But it takes a long fucking time to reply to everybody. It
1: does take a long time. It's worth it. I've made so many connections, so many friendships, so many opportunities. I've been blessed with just... In the DMs.
0: And then you like meet people, like, and you have like a DM relationship with them. And Mm -hmm. not like in a creepy way, but like, I'll let people send me like shit from the office Mm -hmm. or movies and things that they know that we watch and we kind of all have these shared things together. Mm -hmm. It's kind of fun, actually.
1: Yeah, I've had people come to my events. I've had people speak at my events. I've had people, friendships that have formed. And then after two years, meet people. My videographer that just came with me from Denver, I actually met him on Instagram. No shit. And now he just came from Denver to Phoenix to. Be my videographer because he thinks I'm doing cool shit at a like awesome price. So things happen in the DMs. So DM me at Carmen Olling O H L I N G.
0: Not in a creepy way, <laughs> yeah, everybody. N- yeah,
1: not in a creepy way.
0: I do get a lot of that though. There's a <laughs> lot of a uh, lot of really aggressive um, videos. Yeah,
1: and the one thing I want people to take away from this, we talked a. a just so many different things, is to capitalize on one thing, like drill down on one thing that we talked about and get curious about it in your life. Try it out and start collecting evidence if it works for you because you're just witnessing what's happening. You're not judging yourself. You're not doing it right or wrong. It's not black or white. We can all live a both and life. And so just try it out and see how it works for you. And if it works for you, double down on the commitment and keep doing it over and over and over again and prove to yourself you can keep a commitment to yourself on that one thing and then try the next thing.
0: If you were to give somebody like if it's like a singular thing, is like the journaling probably easiest place to start?
1: Mm. You have to let go of something in your life, in your day that you're holding on to. It could be scrolling social media too much. It could be a commitment. It could be where you need to ask for help to delegate something so you can create white space in your day. Because you're not going to be able to add something like journaling, a morning ritual, um, a nighttime routine with your husband, a workout or anything if you don't have the space. Most often I see people fail is because they keep trying to add more and more to an already packed schedule of bullshit that doesn't even matter anyways. And they're not clear on what they want. And so then they keep failing and they're not keeping commitments to their self and they're not able to trust themselves. Yeah. So create space. White space is the most important.
0: And when you say that, you're talking like, what are we talking time frame wise? Like one, whatever, whatever they would, can afford?
1: Yeah, whatever they can afford. Let's shoot for like one hour a day one hour a day and everybody's like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. They're going
0: to say you're crazy. Yeah, yeah, I know. But
1: think about it. How long are you spend watch- watching TV, scrolling social scrolling social media? Way more. What about focused work time? How distracted are you on your work, work time? Because Parkinson's law, you know, it says like you're going to fill the space or time that you allow yourself. I can do the same amount in two hours, super focused and intentional, that I could do in six hours if I'm not focused and intentional. And it's the same amount of work. And so there's that. Like, can you be more focused with what you're doing? Less distraction. And then you can create more space. Do you need to say no to something? Do you need to ask for help?
0: I think if you look at most people, if it was the, what is it, the screen time Mm -hmm. on your phone? Mm -hmm. It shits way more than an hour for people, dude. Way more.
1: Yeah. I I often give challenges to my one-on-one coaching clients. I don't want you to use social media for two days. See what happens.
0: Bro, people crumble, dude. It's
1: a break. It's it's huge. They... They, the instant thing that they text me back almost instantly once they take the apps off their phone is I've reached for my phone to look at social media so more times than I even ever knew.
0: I, th- I used to know the number. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. fucking high, though.
1: So there's a thing on your iPhone that you can see how many times you picked it up.
0: Oh, bro. It's Pick- got to, what pick-ups. is pickups. Hundreds?
1: yeah it's huge everybody needs a check yeah yeah
0: yeah it's weird because like obviously like we live on the platforms it's where we it's Mm -hmm. where we make money it's Mm -hmm. where we help the most people doing these episodes working out and then if it's like being with my wife and maybe driving is the only fucking times like that i don't i'm not on it and i don't even i don't miss it i don't think Mm -hmm. about it it's just Mm -hmm. there no i know when i look at this fucking thing to be lit up like a christmas tree Mm -hmm. which i'm thankful for but Mm -hmm. it's the just addictiveness of it Mm -hmm. to it i think that's for most people so again the point she's driving at if you don't have the time if you just watch less netflix and just didn't use your phone as much you could Mm -hmm. probably find at least 30 minutes to an hour just for you Mm -hmm. and i think you'd be way healthier too
1: right i
0: dig it so get your instagram one more time
1: at Carmen Olin.
0: Boom. Uh, I'm going to stick in the show notes, everything else. And if you guys want to uh, win a journal, I'll throw the stuff in there. I'm going to put the link to it probably in the show notes too. I'll throw it on the newsletter as well. Most of you guys are on there. If not, hit me up. We'll uh, add you on. And, uh, yeah, everything else I'll, uh, I'll throw up in there, the Tulum permission slip event Mm -hmm. not to be confused with a hall pass those those are different things whatever you're into though no judgment um awesome dude i appreciate dude yeah thanks for having me thanks for how you show up i appreciate
1: you
0: you know i try man i just try to just you know my life's good so i just try to give back to everybody else yeah that's all i can do appreciate it um again if you guys want to pick up the app uh it's live now jeremyscottfitness.app you guys can get on there first month for a buck pretty sick deal and again you guys already know if you want athletic greens hit me up we'll get you a free sample pack otherwise athleticgreens.com slash jeremy scott gets you a year's supply of vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first order um i might be back sunday i might not i got stuff going on but uh i hope you guys enjoyed if you need to hear anything or anything from me hit me up and i'll chat with you guys soon if you're on spotify drop it a five-star apple podcast five-star leave a comment i'd appreciate you And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.